You're now listening to Trap Conscious Radio. <laughs> Trap Conscious Radio. I'm yours truly, YBF. Of course, I got KB with me. It's popping, KB. We're good, shit. Let's get into it, my nigga. All right, let's get into it. Uh, this is our, we're going to call this episode The Minstrel Show. So uh, let's go ahead and begin. That's a minstrel <laughs> with an I in, right? Uh, the minstrel that's spelled M I Strel. M I N Strel. But all right. Yeah, yeah. A lot of stuff came out this week and this past week. And there seems to be, let's just let's cut to the chase. This country has all of a sudden got a blackface problem? I don't know if it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this country, I'm going to say the hip-hop community all, all of a sudden has a blackface problem. The hip-hop community, okay. Okay, because, oh, what have you saw or heard that I didn't? Because, for what I can tell, most of this these instances of blackface have come out of politics but you saying hip-hop has a problem with it well yeah that's what i'm saying like like let's just i mean they both doing the same thing you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but i don't think the people that's in hip-hop really focus on the stuff that's going on in politics you know what i'm saying yeah like with with uh the guys virginia you know what i'm saying doing the stuff in this thing for that nature the governor they're of virginia yeah yeah the governor of virginia ralph north let's give him a shine yeah your boy Fairfax, I him, but you know. No, let's not. But, uh, let's not bring up Fairfax. That's that's totally separate. We talking about yeah. race in so, uh, America, blackface. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, but like the shit that Ti and, and Soldier Boy and I'm talking about, they ain't, they ain't talking about shit they got to do with no politics. You know what I'm saying? They got their blackface has everything to do with fashion. Okay, so and if CNN and Fox News can can correlate them both together, you know what I'm saying? They'll do that. Okay, so let, mean, let me list out I the ingredients of this conversation. Who the Virginia governor is that they probably wouldn't even know. Yeah, let me list the ingredients for this conversation real quick. We have uh, Governor of Virginia, Ralph Northam, who was to discovered to have either been a KKK member or a dude in blackface in a yearbook photo from when he was in college back in, what, the 80s, I'm guessing? Uh, we also had the Attorney General of, I think, Virginia, too, as well. Mark Herring, he was found to have taken blackface photos back in the 80s where yeah. he allegedly was dressed up as Curtis Blow, whatever that means. <laughs> Let's go back to the Northam real quick. He said he was uh, impersonating Michael Jackson yeah, in 1984. Like he, he, trying pull the, he, he trying to pull the goddamn, uh, what's his name, defense? Uh the Supreme Court Justice that we were speaking on. Uh, 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 Kavanaugh. Yeah, Kavanaugh. He's trying to pull. He's trying to pull that defense now because now he's talking about. Mm-hmm. He looked at the yearbook and he went and spoke to some people, and that's not him in the yearbook. Okay. He, he now he just completely said that's not him at all. You know what I'm saying? He said I went and spoke to some people, and after conferring with some friends, I realized that's not me in that yearbook. It's my yearbook, but that's not me in the picture. I thought it was me, but after thinking about it. What I said, like, what? Come on, man. Yeah, that like, makes no sense because he did that one press conference where he was saying, like, 
he was obsessed with Michael Jackson and remember he had almost he yeah, volunteered to do the moonwalk. The moonwalk. <laughs> yeah, that nigga was <laughs> yo, she should have let him hit that shit. That I guess that was his <laughs> wife that was with him. But hold on, he's saying 84. Michael Jackson wasn't even black then. So that excuse holds no validity, if you ask me. We talking about Michael Jackson back in 83 is when he did the Pepsi commercial, right? Or or 83 is when he did the moonwalk, right? Yeah, 82. But he probably, you know what I'm saying, like, to make it funny, because he didn't want to have a character, he probably wanted to go get the old Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. I had a pro with it and... So we can make it real to a realness show. You know, it wouldn't look good without the pro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the thing is, like, the thing is, like, when I think about it, it's like, the only person that are that are emulated is Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody up there talking about David Ruffin. So I'm trying to figure out, like, cause I'm not getting none of these white people anything. I'm just saying, like, for that time frame, like. I mean, that whole picture was on some bullshit because that nigga was in there with a fucking Ku Klux Klan member. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of answer machine shit they were trying to do with Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like, but just like, just for him to sit there and say like, yo, like now motherfuckers don't know what they look like when they, they 19 or 20 now. Yeah. Like, I was in the military, dog. You put some fucking camouflage on my face. I'm still know that was me. Well, he didn't know which, he didn't, he didn't know which one to take credit for. He didn't know which one would be worse. <laughs> Like in theory, which one is worse? Oh, I'm gonna do it with the uh, KKK hood on, or I'm gonna do no, black. I know which one is worse. Uh, the Ku Klux Klan one is worse. Why? Why you say that? Because the Ku Klux Klan is a real thing that would be for most hate. You know what I'm saying? But the one with Michael Jackson, he just tried to act like he was saying homage and it was done in ignorance. You know what I'm saying? But the- he didn't. This is a blackface, like the audacity of blackface, like because I have some, I have uh, people that at work that ask me like. What blackface? Like, what's the big deal about it? Like, some people don't understand. That's what like, I'm saying. Like, as a clan member, you they hide their face from shame because they don't want nobody to know they're associated with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As a blackface, like they still going, like that's still that same person. Go, hey, that's Gary right there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? First name Jermaine Jackson. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying like they're actually doing it. I think to them, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not if it wasn't a big deal, even if they were trying to be funny. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But being in the clan, like they know what that come with. You know what I'm saying? That's why nobody in the clan ever comes out and say they're really in the clan. They all wear masks. You know what I'm saying? That's why I figured out. That's that's my point of why I think it's worse to be in the clan. You know what I'm saying? Both of them, you know what I'm saying? Both of them is bullshit. Yeah, I'm just I'm just really caught up with the like the audacity of blackface though. Like, cause what do you like? First off, two, a couple things. Most of these. Hey, instances, hold on. Hey, listen, hey, let me ask you a question, right there. Let me say that right there. Do you think? This, oh, yeah, this is your one and only question. I don't I mean, ask I'm questions. Not, I'm not even trying to cut you off. I'm just like, I was just trying to think like, maybe they ain't trying to act like Michael Jackson. Maybe they're trying to pull, pull that off. You know, maybe that was a Ku Klux Klan member and a Black Panther member. They were trying to be fucking joking with. Oh, because Jacko had the militant jackets back then? Yeah, you know. I'm just trying to like, you know what I'm saying? Like, trying to give like a reference. Okay, they got a Klan member. I'm just trying to figure out like, where they even get, you know what I'm saying? Like, how they even go together? Like, a Klan member and Jackson. What's the correlation? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, the Jackson shit was obviously a cop out. Like I said, he was too dark to be Michael Jackson. <laughs> That's why I said I wanted to see him hit that moonwalk. If he, if she would have let him did the, do the moonwalk, that would have confirmed our suspicions. 
But yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm saying let me let me get back to blackface real quick because uh, there is like this. Uh, I won't call it ignorance. Just it's just there's people that just don't know about blackface or they choose not to know. Like, oh, what's the big deal? Like, what are you saying when you wear a blackface? Like, that, that's that's why I said like the audacity to wear a blackface. Uh, like, I don't know. It's like it's there's because I mean. Traditionally, you know, blackface started back in early 1800s, like 1830s or whatever. They would just do it to like mimic black people or just mimic slaves on the plantation. Yeah. So I'm thinking like f- fast forward to like the 80s when these photos was taken. Like, how could you like, how is that done in any other fashion other than to say, oh, yeah, just there's really nothing to this black thing, I guess. I just... uh paint my face cut a little jig um eat chicken and melon and cuss out mammy like what the fuck (laughs) cuss out mammy yo mammy get your 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 black ass back to them chitlins like what the fuck are they really like i i I don't get it i don't nah you're right i mean like i mean of course they were trying to make a mockery and shit you know what i'm saying like black let's be honest like you said like when they do blackface, it ain't like you're trying to do blackface in any positive connotation, you know what I'm saying? No taste about it. Like, you're not, you're not, they're not, you never see nobody say, oh, yeah, I was in blackface acting like Martin Luther King. You yeah, know what I'm saying? or I was Obama. Yeah, it's never, it's never nothing like that, you know what I'm saying? It just, it's, it's, it's not to show dignity to people. Uh, but like you said, though, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just a, like you said, the audacity to do it. But, like you I know you're from Virginia, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And these people in the South, like I said, if they only hang around like-minded people, they probably really thought there was nothing wrong with it because they like, I'm not, there's not going to be no black people around, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just going to be around white people while I feel safe doing this shit. Now, you know I'm, pa- not, I'm not going to get a black face and walk down Harlem. Do parents not? It's, it's saying that, that means they know what the fuck they're doing, you know what I'm saying? These are college-age men, you know what I'm saying? At institutions of higher learning. These aren't like allegedly stupid people but if they are quote-unquote stupid enough or ignorant to the of the history of this country uh you got to start questioning like because I, I i was listening to that uh show uh star show that you sent me about the standardized testing and yeah. i'm like yo what's the criteria for being intelligent if you could go all the way into college at an institute of higher learning and not understand menstrual in this country I don't know. Maybe the tests are biased. I mean, because I think, because like you said, in this in this country, like where they got fucking postcards of them hanging black people and burning them, and all white people standing around. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He probably thought that, he probably thought it was tame not to have no slaves or no. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, just me and uh Frederick. You know? Yeah. Just, just bullshitting around, taking a few pictures. We ain't harming anybody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's how they're gonna try to justify. You know what I'm saying? Cause like you said. It's that white privilege, it's that atheist that we allowed to be there. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be, and the thing about it, if we wasn't in that Me Too movement or the culture that we in right now, it wouldn't be a backlash. Yeah. Look, listen, look, look at what you just said. You said they're white privilege. Like, even with that, what you, that comment you said was, was brilliant. Like, even their white privilege, they're like, they're like they're making the decision as to whether they're racist or not because they feel like, well, I'm telling you, I did it because of this. And then we're supposed yeah. to just take it as that, you know what I'm saying? Like they like a doctor, you go to a doctor, he'd be like, Oh, you got cancer. You're like, Well, I don't really have cancer. I'm just uh coughing and my lungs are co- coming out of my fuck like you know what I'm saying, I'm coughing up blood, but I don't think my like yo 
people telling it's you this shit fucking, is racist. It's that cognitive dissonance, man. That shit is. It's kind of like when they, you know, like when they had the slaves and, and they were with the slave girl, and they were like, oh, they like it, don't they? You know what I'm saying? Don't you like it? Like, during slave fight. Obviously, you know, she don't like it, but she want to say she likes it, you know what I'm saying? Because it's good. And you're still getting off on it, like, you know what I'm saying? It's not a bad thing to like it. They don't feel pain, huh? You know what I'm saying? Like, anything to justify the bullshit that they about to pull off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, it's, and that's how it is. Like, hey, who gives a fuck that we about to uh, disrespect some black people? Who cares? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like you said, they're not going to be at our medical school, you know what I'm saying? Black, black so, people are like novelties. You know what I'm saying? You they they want to wear our skin, but not like our struggle, our plight, our existence. Just, they say everybody want to be a nigga, but nobody want to be a nigga. Exactly. Uh, so you were saying earlier about I think you either alluded to or maybe I'm I heard it somewhere, but you was talking about Gucci. Did you say something about Gucci early? Yeah, yeah. We were speaking about uh, the little turtleneck joint they had, like the yeah, baklava. Oh yeah, we was thinking about uh, was that earlier? Was Gucci? Well, nonetheless, Gucci put out that you know what I'm saying that turtleneck baklava. You know what I'm saying yeah. with the. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I started thinking about? You remember some of our cold weather gear we used to have in the military? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I was kind of trolling in my mind like that shit. Like okay, there is some comedic value to menstrual shows. Like if you put on a menstrual show right now, it is funny. You know what I'm saying? In yeah. proper context, I'm not saying like. But to those people not it, not even not to those people, but objectively speaking, they're only they're like exaggerating. Well, let me not even try to justify that statement I just said. Am I really wrong for saying that? When like, okay, today's music or today's entertainer is there not a lot of minstrelsy going on? Even black people, you know what I'm saying, acting out yeah. these character caricatures that. Was supposed to be insulting whenever white people put on blackface. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to flip the angle of this conversation. I'm just trying to provide a little balance. But it, listen, I mean, listen, it's like we just saying, like everything, everything that you say, like about a minstrel show and black people putting on a minstrel show. Mm-hmm. It, it can, I mean, all that shit is real. I, I told you, like, you know what I'm saying? I think Tiffany Haddish, we have to think on this show sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes a lot of times I believe that. People like you hating on this. I'm like, you have to like. This is the only industry doing like, and this isn't like, like you're doing this, like you're showing these people like, oh, this is a ghetto black girl back, like you're trying yeah. to get her to a comedy, and you try to get it obscene, you know what I'm saying? Like you're doing the most, like this shit ain't helping out no black people. We've talked, you know we. You've mentioned it. I've brought it up. My, Nigel's, we've brought it up like throughout the existence of this podcast. Like we ha- we didn't straight out call it menstrual. I think at some points we did call it menstrual, or at least we had the soundtrack to minstrelsy in the background as we talked about like <laughs> yo tiffany haddish or even some of these instagram comedians all you're doing for attention is just like cooning like just bullshitting yeah yeah you know what I'm saying like this ain't like it's not even like hard work comedian routine that they can put in this shit you know what I'm saying yeah it's just it's just instant laughing for and it's like, like even when I think like uh, when you do these shit, like when they act like their moms and shit, you know what I'm saying? Or oh, they acting like their girlfriend? Were acting, you know what I'm saying? Like this how old big mama would act and just trying to get the door or whatever. And shit, yeah, you know? mammy, this how mammy would act. Yeah, like you just you just doing this shit so white people can laugh at it and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like look how look how uh, you act like these black moms 
tree when they get in the house and they don't know how to do their homework. So yeah, you know what I'm saying. Look how to speak to them. And it's just, and that's all they do. You know what I'm saying? The white people, that's what white people go up there and act like, like you say, it's a graduated. You know what I'm saying? They're doing it. It's an over graduation of a character of a black person. You know what I'm saying? To the most degrading uh, thing you can. You know what I'm saying? They they're the actor imitating the most ignorant black people you can find, but that's what they tell Tiffany Haddish to do, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Give me every last movie and act like the most ignorant black girl you can find. You go picture that shit like the last OG crazy final shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm I mean, when you think about it, I mean, I know I'm cutting like I'm going on, but when you think about like, is Tiffany Haddish and Cardi B playing the same character? That's what I was about to say. See, I was about to say, uh, I'm watching uh, the Grammys on silent. I'm, like, Cardi B's got like this Betty Bo- Betty Boop like hairstyle and she's. As I said, she fucked up some crazy shit. Like, she could barely walk with you with that shit. I don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, <sighs> it is what it is. I just think like the criteria for vetting back to like these politicians being caught with blackface. Like, how are we even vetting these people? Like, this was who who uncovered these photos. You trying to tell me that exactly. this stuff no one knew about it? Out. I don't know. Some photos had to been some photos had to, like look how many people went to that school with them. They graduated with them. That means it's not the only one in circulation. There's got to be plenty of the circulation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And but like I just said, like that shit crazy for me to have an offload in that picture. Well, of it's course, you are your best friend in the picture, motherfucker. That's who it is. I think it's me. I, he, I don't remember doing nothing body. like it. Could be just the fact that it you can't say that you're saying they fucked up, right? You can't you say with 100% certainty that it wasn't you. I don't know. Like, yeah, I said, even if they, like you say, even if they ain't you, like, what kind of situation are you in? You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, you can't dance with. Then he say go. Then he say he gonna maintain. The, he gonna uh, still be the government. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not resigning. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm. Uh, we need to. I'm gonna help. I'm gonna help build a relationship. Yeah. All right. Let me turn off these instrumentals. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to minstrel show uh, instrumentals the whole time, just as a frame of reference, S- some sort of irony. But back to what I said about the whole uh, vetting process of politicians couple things a no one uh cared to look into his background and then aside from that like even if he's saying it's not him all every photo you always find it's always one dude in blackface or two dudes in blackface surrounded by you know i'm saying 40 30 20 10 uh other white people just for their amusement laughing at it so i don't even find that as a uh like an actual good excuse oh I, i don't know if it was me if it wasn't you with in the blackface, you were still in the picture co-signing. You know what I'm saying? This is we talking about old ass photos. We ain't talking about someone just caught you on a selfie, you was uh, an off guard picture. That's what I'm saying. Like he's Niggas had to say cheese there, back then, you know what I'm saying? They had to count off pictures back then. All right, three, two, and cheese. Like, come on. Like you said, they was they was they were developing the they was uh developing those pictures in the dark room. Yeah, someone had to go drop those off at fucking Walmart and pick them up two days, two to three days. Hang them up, but but I don't, I don't know. Like sometimes I think like fucking because it's a racist person, but like 
the same thing they do with Kevin Hart now, where they just book final tweets and shit. You know what I'm saying? And even though, like, like you said, like that's what I'm trying to get at. Like when Kevin Hart put those tweets out, it wasn't nothing. The culture, the culture of the gay society wasn't nothing. And that's what these white people they were, when they were doing that clown shit. You know what I'm saying? It was right after it was right after civil rights. Race relations in America was still bullshit, still in the South, and they thought they can get away with it. So, so do you think it should be something that we leave in context of the time which it was taken in or written in? Like, okay, we shouldn't judge you based on 2019 standards, but even by 20, even by 1984 standards, that's kind of bad. Like, this country says that at, at by the age of 18, you pretty much are who you are. You're an adult. Like, you can't. That's the that's the line of maturity in this country. So it's like if you were in college, I don't know. I could see if you was under eighteen, but I'm not gonna try to like help them get out of this one. You know what I'm saying I'm not either, mm-hmm. but you know they're kind of like America is a place for second chances and you you can be forgiven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like you said, this is what I'm saying. Like you said, that picture been out and you made it all the way to governor. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ran all these out there political races. Nobody knew. Nobody, that's what I'm saying. Nobody knew. And then, and then nope. uh, let's segue this a little bit to these candidates that are, because this is, this is the Democratic Party that's in a lot of trouble right now, and the conservatives are quietly loving this. But because they're, they're like, oh, see, they're, they're always talking about they got y'all's best interests and you're not racist. Look, look, this is the shit that they do. But, uh, Damn, what was I about to say with that? But yeah, these these candidate candidates, the Kamala Harris's, the 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 what's it, Cory Booker's, you know what I'm saying? I'm I looking. The yeah, like I'm looking at these people like when you criticize when you criticize. Who say that one? Oh yeah, yeah. When she said she was part Cherokee or some shit. Yeah, it's like when you question these people or you ask these critical questions of candidates, people like, oh, just, you're being mean. She's a black woman. You're hating on her. Or, Come on, man. It's a brother, man. Like, why are you putting them through the scrutiny? Uh, I mean, we do the same thing with white candidates, but it's always highlighted when we do it to black candidates. But I say that to say, like, we the people are vetting these people so that these type of things don't come out later. You know what I'm saying? And then we have to act like, oh, we didn't know why this motherfucker's been a governor of one of the most racist states in the in the uh, united states uh where they had this unite the right rally and all this kind of shit as their uh made charlottesville their their center their epicenter for hatred yeah, yeah and then people get mad when you question these type of people question these type of politicians like the people have to do their due diligence because obviously the people in high places aren't you know what i'm saying that's all I, that's all i'm really saying about it now you're right. I think it's right. Like you said, everybody, you know, like you said, they're like, we're talking, we were victims. Everybody need to be better. You know what I'm saying? Even the 21 Savage Street, everybody getting better. Everybody, you got this all trying to blend in now. Everybody got to get better times too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like this too. With black politicians, like, you're going to face more criticism and scrutiny from your own people because it's like, we're asking, like, what are you doing differently? Like, we know this shit is going on. These type of. Why does fucking music keep spiking like that? It's like we know these things are going on. What are you doing differently, or how are you st- still participating in a political system when you know for a fact this type of shit is going on? But do you, do you expect not to give you a political answer? Mm-hmm. 
I respect these black politicians who dance around the answer, dance around these questions like these white politicians. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, just like Steve Booker doing on the breakfast club, he ain't got no agenda. You know what I'm saying? His agenda is the, uh, the rising tide raises all ships. You know what I'm saying? So what's the black agenda? Well, the black agenda is if I take care of everybody, the black people won't get taken care of too. <laughs> like, you, know, you ain't got no black agenda. So he's looking at no agenda. Uh, and the thing about him and Kamala Harris, like I said, like, like I, like, I mean, they said on other shows, but like, he didn't say it. You know, if they were dark skinned, they wouldn't be getting no consideration. Yeah. Not in the slightest, like, they wouldn't get, in the slightest, they wouldn't get no consideration. And when I look at C. Booker, I'm not even hating, but like, Corey he Booker. was just like every, he was just like every Hollywood actor that they, you know what I'm saying? That they, that they started teasing, like the light skinned tall guys, you know what I'm saying? Like a uh, like, Vin Diesel, uh, Shadow yeah, Moon. Yeah, but like, yeah, but like, he had a soft demeanor and shit to him, you know what I'm saying? He looked like that. Remember when, uh, what was that wrestling game that had came out a long time ago and you could create your own wrestler and shit? He was like the Yeah. Remember the like default. the the default generic nigga? Look like look like Maven and shit. Yeah, that's what he that's what he used to look like. Yeah. Hell ball yeah. Head he, bark, like, the bald head dude. The default nigga, he looked just like him. And and you know what I'm saying, this uh same thing with Kamala here, like I said, it's not like like you said, oh well, yeah, they black, but they ain't whatever. Like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna talk shit about them, and I'm gonna <clears throat> not talk shit about them. Like I'm gonna bet them just like I'm gonna bet these white people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That goes. Like you see, and y'all, and y'all gonna get better even more because y'all directly want to be our leader. You know what I'm saying? So watch that interview. Just like they be interviewing their ass at the Supreme Court nominations, they want to get off in their asses. And the they, thing, and they, they project this image of equality when we know, like, okay. They give this false sense of equality by having these people in their higher, their institutions of higher learning. Like, oh, it, they made it, but they still have the same ideology. You're just like a cover. You're a beard for, I don't know. You're just a beard, and that's why you 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 face more scrutiny. Like, uh, I'm thinking about Cory Booker, and like I'm I'm not finished the whole um, clip you had sent me earlier about the standardized testing but a lot of the things they said got me to thinking about cory booker in particular because uh people have been challenged challenged me like oh on his policies they want to argue based on like his policies but star did mention one thing or he did allude to the fact that okay okay a couple things at work the reason why i'm talking about this next subject is because all most of these instances of blackface and racial uh secrecies and secrets that have come out have all been in like institutions of higher learning uh i don't think or i don't believe if black people weren't excluded from these institutions of higher learning you wouldn't see a difference in the outcome of what we're seeing coming out of them like if it was more balanced you wouldn't be seeing fucking all this secret society shit going on behind closed doors with these frats so that ties into uh early education middle school elementary school cory booker uh new jersey was given how much money by mark zuckerberg 100 million 100 million to go towards public they, don't education. they don't know where that money is and on top of that cory booker has been lobbying and uh pushing for charter schools and privatized schools you're know saying it's little secret shit like that that i look at and i'm like bro how nothing you say is gonna that's why he can't lay out a black agenda because he's tied to so many things that work against uh black pe- black people as a whole yeah and, and like i said 
I heard like read some form. They was calling them black dinos and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Black what? Black dinos. Dinos. Yeah, D I N O. They were talking about putting booking. They were talking about he a Democrat name only. Oh yeah, yeah. I I, I refer to them as that myself. And the rhino ass Republican's name only. Yeah. Yeah, you. He, him, and Kamala. Come on, a prosecutor, state prosecutor. You, of course, you're a, a dino, a Democrat name only. <laughs> Yeah, like, you ran your whole life on. First of all, you was in Kansas, so ain't no real black people up there. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you ran your whole program on. Every prosecutor want to be tough on crime. You know what I'm saying? Tough, 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 tough. Now, I mean, come on, man. Y'all niggas showing up to goddamn. Even though you graduated from, like, now y'all showing up to HBCUs and shit. Like, before, before, like, the last... I would say 12, 18 months ago. Didn't nobody even know who fucking Cory Booker ain't come over here really was. I knew who Cory Booker was, but, you know what I'm saying? But now, like, like I told you, like, they're on all them Supreme Court, they be doing all that grandstanding, and Cory Booker, you up there acting like he's about to cry, I'm about to walk out. Like, one thing I don't understand about politicians is, so you remember how when Beto O'Rourke was running for office down there in, in, in uh, Texas, he was like trying to speak Spang- Spanglish and Spanish and shit because he yeah. knew a lot of his audience would be uh, Hispanic. And Beto O'Rourke, white as hell too. Yeah, yeah, but I, 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 I got, I'm trying to allude, uh, illustrate a larger point. Like when Hillary came on Breakfast Club, she was. Come on, girl. Hey, girl. I keep hot sauce in my bag, like all of that shit. So it was like Cory Booker, like you're on Breakfast Club. What audience do you think you're talking to? Like, why? Even in that instance, you can't fix your lips to say, "Oh, okay, uh, uh, this is what I intend to do for your people." Like, no one wants to just, I don't know, come out and just spell it out. Like, okay, black people, these are the things you're affected by. These are the things that I'm gonna implement. And you want to know why? Because truthfully, they know in their heart of hearts that there's nothing that they can do without disturbing a lot of other things around them. You know what I'm saying? As I start to get older or, or more, like you said, when I first started out trap conscious or, or it was show and prove, uh, I have to let me let me take a moment to just lay out a few things, if you don't mind. It, it won't be long and feel free to jump in at any point. Okay. I think in every young man, every woman who calls himself woke or enlightened or conscious, there's like a period of time where you first question things around you. Like, okay, who am I? You know what I'm saying? So for me, I'm looking around like, yo, I grew up in going to public education in the Christian church. I'm like, none of these things have answered any of my questions. So the first thing I, uh, that started me on my journey was, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the nation of Islam. Louis Farrakhan, the way he spoke, you know what I'm saying? He spoke with a boldness that started to undo some of those uh, inferiorities that I had with myself as a black man. Because he, 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 I would see him arguing on Donahue and shit. You remember, you remember how we used to always listen to Leo Muhammad in the park and all that? Yeah. It was like, yo, who is this black dude? Like, he's putting these niggas in their place, these these white dudes with bow ties who, who I've always these Ben Stein lookalikes who I've always thought like, oh, these are the geniuses. These Bill Nye, the science guys. White, these fake white intellectuals. Yeah. I, I see this bald black uh, Bokeem Woodbine looking motherfucker uh, yelling at them and putting them oh, in their place. Oh, man, Cowboy Muhammad. 
yeah i'm like yo so that's what it started at and they'll if you i appreciate them for that i appreciate uh elijah muhammad's message for that but it didn't answer all my questions because you know what i'm saying i've had my toe in this other side of the world where it's like that can only take you so far it only can deal with race it can deal with a little bit of social economics but it doesn't really fully captivate from a psychological standpoint like or cause and effect standpoint the totality of what we are in today so then i started thinking like okay i'm at an age now where everything isn't about race you know what i'm saying even though the underlying tone to this podcast is typically trying to challenge white supremacy and challenge white privilege and saying and at the same time simultaneously have intellectual conversations that demonstrate like black people aren't just what you think they are you know what i'm saying we have conversations we have higher thoughts about different situations plus we can still be ourselves at the same time so that's what we do you know what i'm saying me kb we all just regular niggas but you know what i'm saying we still gonna talk about issues with the same or even more intellect than our counterparts but it's like getting back to my point is like I no longer just see things as race. I start to look at things critically from a cause and effect standpoint, and it's allowing me to answer some of my questions that where it can't just come down to, oh, he just don't want to have a black agenda. It's like, yo, he really can't. <laughs> Once you start understanding that this is also a capitalistic society, uh, you start to see like in I moments. Yeah, racist that's always the like invisible hand guiding everything race as race for the most part in this country what i'm starting to understand it's of course it's nasty it's racism but it's a tool it's a trick that capitalists and these people who are in real power use anytime the country or the society falls on hard times because like during hard times you start seeing people question they, they start to lay down some of their prejudice like oh race like and they start to look at other things so it's like they always go to throw race back on us to kind of distract us and to kind of let that be our number one focus like stop me when i don't make sense like 1930s you had the great depression right everybody was fucking broke like at what point could you really be racist towards somebody you know what i'm saying there was no real room for that like I said, white people that, were eating was, fucking. Literally, black people, black people can't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can't even compete with y'all. The first like. All of the stereotypes you had about black people—they don't work. They're broke. They're this, that, and the third. Uh, the minstrelsies that you saw early on in this country—all that shit was silenced during the 19 during the Great Depression because it was like now you got white people eating leather boots and dogs and cats just to survive. You got people living in fucking tent towns. You know what I'm saying? And so, once again, race was reintroduced to society. Like, let's not get it twisted. They were hanging and lynching motherfuckers in the eight, late 1800s after after the Civil War, up in the early 1900s. By during the Great Depression, they couldn't even afford a rope to to lynch a nigga. Exactly. So it's like, okay, capitalists look like okay, this is bad for society. Let's how can we reintroduce two elements to regalvanize society? So. We talked about how the housing practices were unfair during that time. They said, okay, under these new deals, we're going to start supplementing these white people income, start to elevate them above the black people and give them a sense of uh, 
uh, entitlement, privilege, uh, favor to distinguish themselves amongst black people. Yeah, Yeah. and it galvanized these people. Like at least, like it re-energized the majority of the country because it a gave you money, it set aside programs for you, and it also reintroduced you to your purpose, which is to always put down black people and. It's like what Dr. Claude Anderson said, like, the whole problem is to make blacks a permanent underclass. Permanent underclass. This shit goes back to Bacon's Rebellion, bro. Like, that trick, that tool of... Someone told me, you know, white people used to be slaves. I'm like, no, they used to be... In... Everyone was indentured servants back in colonial fucking uh, Virginia and all that other shit. Yeah. They don't want the white Irish people. Yeah, like, yeah, they all came over here and... I'm like you. You don't understand what what happens. Like, I'm giving you the ben- and the person I'm having the conversation with. I'm like, I'm giving you the benefit of not even playing the race card. I'm just playing the cards that are being dealt. Like, they, you, you, your ancestors weren't slaves. You were indentured servants. You know what I'm saying? And when people started complaining and times got hard, uh, people looking at like, why are these British motherfuckers getting all the money? While we here fucking uh, harvesting tobacco, what did the what did the uh, what did the monarchy introduce? They came out with these laws saying like, okay, uh, that that's really when whiteness started. That's like when white privilege first started. They was like, okay, hey, I was listening. I swear to God, I was about to tell you that. I swear. No, uh, yeah, jump in, jump in. Early, I was about to tell you that. And they're like, well, what is white supremacy? I said, white supremacy is living in America, and they made all the laws. Every law that you got in America, dog, white people sat around and came up with. You know what I'm saying? The times of the Magna Carta, like when slavery started and all of that. You know what I'm saying? Come over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you got you look at any law book. You got ten thousand. You got ten thousand laws. You know what I'm saying? And none of these white, none of these white collar criminals give a fuck about those laws. They only pertain to black people and lower class people that can't. You know what I'm saying? That can't. That you need to fill the jails and fill the fill the prison systems and. And uh, when you got these people, you got like you said, you got redlining. You got you, you got you giving white people property. You giving them property. You know what I'm saying? You telling white people come here from England right before the war. Come here from uh, England and we'll give you 400 acres of land. We give you 500 acres of land. You know what I'm saying? You give them everything, the economic base, everything to start off with. And then you tell black people, like you said, the 1800s, the 1890s, the 1980s, the 1900s, 1920s. And when the black people fighting in World War One and the Great Depression come around, and black people already ain't got shit. You know what I'm saying? You already don't have shit. Mm-hmm. Like you said, now the white people, the little bit that you did have, now you right next to the black person looking at them. And you, you see, like you said, you see where you came. Like, this black person ain't really taking shit from me. It's the bankers and shit. You know what I'm saying? The reason I don't have any money. Like you said, now they bring up unions and shit. Hey, let's, let's come up with another minimum wage. Let's do this, let's do that. And all the white people, you can have all the factory jobs. You know what I'm saying? And and that, and that, that I mean, that, uh, that cycle continues today. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's, what's different for honesty? What's different between 1930 and today? Absolutely nothing. Because you have the same wealth gap and everything. So, yeah. We let's let's we can diverge from our topic if we want. We can get back on topic if we feel like it. But I think we're having a good conversation right now because I think people. I think it's important for people to have an understanding of history. Like, 
you can't you have to uh, not only just having an understanding of history but having the perspective like i think people look at history as like i said last pod as like this book on the shelf or this movie i'm saying this motion picture of that's like a piece of art for us to ingest but not really take too serious but they don't like give credence to the time we living in like you said 1930s it's the same shit is happening again like we right now we're under financial hardship in this country economic hardships every time you have that there's like a humbling that goes along amongst people and and then they start asking questions and the moment they ask questions it's the number one trick to this country that they've keep showing all and over over they reintroduce race yeah, I mean, look at us when we was in the military, and then 2007 happened, 2018, and then the Great Recession happened, you know what I'm saying? All those black people that had those houses lost all their houses, you know what I'm saying? There, there wasn't no, was going to be no economic windfall for them to, to bounce back. But like I said, all the all the banks again, they all got bailed out. You know what I'm saying? Like, the rich people were never not going to be poor, you know what I'm saying? Never. Had a whole country in the recession. The whole country in the recession. And Obama now coming out with stimulus packages, and they coming out with bailouts. I mean, I get the money, y'all pay yourselves. Yeah. I mean, I get the money, y'all just buy more stock options for yourselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, and that's how they, and people understand, like, that's how they manipulate the market. Hey, let's manipulate the market. Let's say whatever bullshit. Let's start this war. And let's have all the commodities. And let's have the value of go down. You sell up all yourself to me. Then I'm going to raise the value of it all back. Yeah. And that's how it works. That's, that's how gentrification works. Everything works. I think. You know what I'm saying, hey, let's let's go to the black neighborhoods. Let's take all the businesses out of the black neighborhoods, so they can't afford nothing. And when they start to move out, we're gonna buy low and we're gonna sell high. And in, in today's so times, though, can we can we can we come up with a? I'm trying to think of a good analogy or a good example to highlight how the shit hasn't changed. You know what I'm saying? Right now in this country, everything that's being programmed or pushed on us is telling us that it's better to be white right now as opposed to be black in society as opposed to being hispanic in society i got one for you look at look at brooklyn okay <laughs> they said 20 years ago 30 years ago and i'm not from new york you know what i'm saying but brooklyn was heavily dated with black people you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying but i guess it wasn't a sprawling community you know what i'm saying but now but now, like Jay Z now came in, I'm not. And that's why I'm trying to figure out, like, like you said, it's just better just to go with the flow and be an American. You know what I'm saying? And have these nice communities come that you can't afford. But I guess if you was able to live the American dream and work your ass off, you could potentially afford it, but you really can't because they really don't want you there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And but it's that it's that it's that thought of. Well, it's progress, you know what I'm saying? We had a community here, and now we got a fucking big-ass basketball team. And, and now we got luxury condos all over the place. So now the property value is raised up. But the people that live there, the actual people that made up the community, is, is dispersed now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, like you said, there's nothing, it's nothing but business, nothing but, uh, but you live in America, which is a capitalist society. Everything is about money. If you ain't got no money, you got to get the fuck out of here. And I mean, honestly, as a president... A president will be placed in a unique position because the only way to really affect race in this country is to redistribute wealth, redistribute policies. Like you're not going to be able to ever appeal to people to just lay down their racism just on a moral level because it's incentivized financially. You know what I'm saying? Capitalism incentivizes racism. Like 
let me another analogy okay so during uh, pre pre bacon's rebellion or after bacon's rebellion because like white people were fed up like in the colonies everybody was fed up black and white people so they started revolting or whatever you had the okay all the black people that were over here at this time they weren't quote-unquote slaves they were just african african uh migrant workers you know what i'm saying everybody was under indentured servitude you know what i'm saying they sold themselves to work these tobacco fields for a set amount of time for a certain amount of money and then they will be given their freedom or grant they'll be uh yeah, let out their bond or so to speak but these black people weren't they weren't Af- they weren't slaves you know what i'm saying they were just african so to quell this rebellion the government the ruling class implemented certain rules saying like okay uh british people can own this british people can do this british born people can do that uh white people can do x amount of z uh but the way the laws were written in the colonies at those times it was like no african person can testify in court no african person like the rules were only for british subjects yeah and british subjects so everybody else was excluded you know like when we do work with other countries like you yeah foreign nationals don't get all the privileges that say american troops get yeah you just come your defect so with that same analogy like but if someone do something wrong like if one if you say you caught one of these motherfuckers doing something wrong and they got brought before some your your superiors to answer basically the way the law is written is like they can't even testify for themselves so it's your word against their word right meaning they have no rights within your 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 judicial system whatever it may be you know what i'm saying then throw on top of that the fact that okay not only do they have no rights uh we're going to change the laws in the colonies we're going to start cleaning up the the streets we're going to make things safer and habitable so we're going to put these laws on the books and if you fuck up or commit one of these crimes and you're not a british subject then you're subject to an extended period of servitude so if you laugh out loud in public and someone hears you and they think that's a noise complaint okay well that adds 10 more years to your indentured servitude so they started in they started penalizing fucking africans and migrants uh these bullshit charges and then they would extend their servitude so that was basically the begins beginnings of slavery you know what i'm saying yeah i don't see how is that not what's going on in today's time but yeah yeah it's the same exact yeah same exact shit with parole probation give me that shit you know what i'm saying just like i said this just criminalizing black behavior i wouldn't just say black behavior i'm just saying but like you said any of these noise complaints, noise orders, anything that they want, you know what I'm saying? Hey, uh, traffic stops, anything, you know what I'm saying? That they can justify, put you behind bars, and then, like you said, um, adding a multitude of charges to you, that, you know what I'm saying? This, this bullshit, fake stuff, you know what I'm saying? So they can find any way, hey, well, this charge is only stuck for uh, 36 months, but we get them for this, you know what I'm saying? Now you're going to be here for 72 months. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's no way. Like you said, they ain't still got things like there's the with the wealth that you ain't got no money. There's no way that you gonna get a flight It's the same thing. You go to court, you can't represent yourself. This white man gonna come in and represent you as a public defender. Yeah. He looks just like the goddamn <laughs> the judge and everybody else. Yeah. You know, you go to lunch with everybody else and you just there you just there you just gotta take it. And 
and then, like you said, with the uh, slavery things, we're going back to uh, the slavery times and and just the servitude with the white people. Like you said, it's always it's always a race and a class system. That's that's what it's going to be. A and tell black people, hey, you can help us fight in the war. Like you said, you can help us fight in the war, but you can't stay in our barracks. Yeah, you can. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can be in the Navy, but all you can do is peel potatoes. You know what I'm saying? And it's fake inclusions. I mean, what you said is exactly right. Like, even even still, like what you said about the GI Bill. Hey, so all the the black people join the army as well. And when everybody get out, everybody can get a house, gonna, but every church people gonna benefit. Yeah. I just think like they always use. Cause like okay, back to challenging these black politicians on the quote unquote black agenda. It's like when you say all, when you say I'm gonna, was it like rising tide lifts all boats? Those type of things. Yeah. They don't understand that the the race in this country is what gives laws context. So it's like for you to not blatantly and explicitly address it. I'm not saying come out and say this is what I'm gonna do for blacks, but these do these these candidates are heavily educated they should be able to come up with a way to circumvent uh any roadblocks or obstacles and if they can't then they're not the man or woman for the job it's like it's that it's like don't get mad when we ask you these questions that you can't deliver on and we say never mind like just go campaign somewhere else i think the way cory booked him and he's right it's kind of like um what uh um Leo Muhammad and Eric Nanam and what they all said about Obama, you know what I'm saying? When they said he was at the church with Jamara Wright, Jamara Wright talking about the, the head coming back to roost and all of that. Mm-hmm. And he had to, and, and Obama had to try to distance himself from him yeah. and all these things. And, and that's what I think uh, Cory Booker and I'm going to do, like you said, like, well, if I'm the Democrat and 99.9% of all blacks are Democrats, and I think I'm doing a good thing to help the, the all Democrats out more, the black people should be helped out. But like you said, in this system, even when the Democrats win, the black people got still we're still at the bottom. The Republicans win, you're still at the bottom. Like I tell most people, most people that I know now, they live between Obama and the Trump. They can't even tell me anything that's changed. Like, okay, Obama was in office, he was in the projects. Trump is in office, you still in the projects. Yeah. And like I said, you wasn't watching the news then, you ain't watching the news now. You know what I'm saying? So 2020 gonna roll around and whoever the fuck is the main person is on the ticket which is probably gonna be fucking Joe Biden or something I don't know you know what I'm saying but as far as Cory Booker and Kamala Harris when you say the black agenda like like me you said like you really don't need a black vote to really win in America you know what I'm saying yeah Trump the Republicans win all the time they ain't got the black vote so the, so black people to say well what's, what's your black agenda they don't look at it like what well, these Spanish people is more Spanish people than Because we, if we tell the black people that we need a black agenda, then the Spanish people are going to say, well, what's our agenda? The black vote okay. is just like having a some ballast, like just some filler. Like, okay, I got these 13 yeah, million votes. Yeah, but I carry the black vote. Yeah, but it's like a it's like a crutch though. It's like okay, if all else fails, I have this. Like it gives you a starting. It almost gives you like a head start on your candidate. Like okay, I have this locked in. Now all I have to do is this, this, this. Like it lowers your standard of. It kind of lowers the work that you have to put in to really win the election, like because you already got these set amount of votes in hand. 
So it's like all I have. Right. It, it already gives you that mentality of like, so this is all I have to do to win. You know what I'm saying? Instead of y'all really got to get out here. Yeah, I don't gotta give that nothing because I already got y'all vote. You know what I'm saying? Like I already. It kind of rings even like you said. Nobody ever tried to get credit to Trump, but like what Trump really said, like it's still me wrong what Trump said. But y'all might as well vote for me. What else can y'all do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> y'all vote for them and y'all still in the process. I mean, they really, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not a lot. Like, you voted for Democrats, you're still in the process. What have the Democrats really done? What have the Democrats really done for anybody? You know what I'm saying? And I got... That photo got that you... you... My bad. I'll let you finish. I, I... Oh, I'm going to say, like, I told you, like, I think the Democrats run off, uh, off an idea and the Republicans run off the logic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The idea... Everybody should be equal, and everybody should be able to come in the country, and everybody should be able to make the, make a set amount of money at work. And but you got to think logically, like that's not that's not real. Everybody is equal. Uh, people are going to work harder than other people. Uh, all the black people, for the Democrats, it's like yo, like oh, we got we got the women's vote, uh, we got the LGBT vote. Like what, what vote are y'all trying to go after? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Anybody that's, that's not. Conservative, you know what I'm saying, or anybody that's not a white person, or you know what I'm saying, because I mean, that's what it pretty much becomes like. Was like, yo, necessarily with the old white males, and if you were a goddamn liberal, you with everybody else, you know what I'm saying. Politics in America is that Ralph Northam photo, like that's what it is. It's that photo personified. It's like on the right, you have whoever, whoever the fuck was in that clan outfit, on the right, on the left, you have. Uh. Uh. Whoever. Uh, oh, this blackface. Like, cause the Democratic Party is almost like a blackface, and how it yeah. goes about placating to, um, minorities and uh, disenfranchised groups and people. The party have, for everybody. Yeah, but the but and then the country as a whole is Ralph Northam. It's just like denying both both sides exist. Like, oh, I. I like I'm neither one nor the other. Like that's America right now. Yeah. America yeah. is the country of obfuscation. Basically, we live in the the obfuscation of America. It's like okay, on the right you have a blatant, uh, and it's it's all driven by money and politics. Let's not let's when we start discussing race now, at least on trap conscious, I love to bring up the economic side of it because that's really yeah. the factor that. It's like people can, it's like when you tell your mom a lie or a truth or, but you leave out one important detail. So it's like, damn, so you cut your finger, but you wasn't touching no knives. You wasn't doing this. You wasn't doing that. And they can't for the life of them. Yeah. They can't figure out for the life, how the fuck you cut your finger. And then, okay, that's money. Money is that I can't figure out for the life. Why a plus B doesn't equal C one plus one don't equal two. It's, it's money. It's capitalism. Capitalism is a very, very, ex- it's a it's a system of exploitation, and it uses race. Race is like the number one tool that because it can it helps drive the machine. It helps drive the corporation that is America. So right. it, we say it all the time. Both parties are just they just have two different approaches. One is the blackface approach where we're gonna placate and, and we're gonna wear your skin and, and try to identify with you on a aesthetics basis all the while we're just using you and making fun of you and uh exploiting you and then the right is just like yo we're we're we're, we're 
basically they're a white national party at this point. Yeah, we gonna take ideas and you know what I'm saying. A nationalistic and, party right now. And like you said, a lot of a lot of a lot of it is class, like just but um like we said we speaking about we speaking about race and Jesus. You speaking about black people, you speaking about the poor people in America, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And 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 I know you're speaking about the education. And that was that what I was uh harping on too. I know we speak about the IQ and stuff, but like you said, when you got more money when you got more money, that means you got more opportunity. So you got a kid, and, and I'm at school, and you a fucking white guy, and you can get your kid every fucking tutor in the world. You know what I'm saying? Every because you because you got the money to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Like these are the advantages that white people have that white people don't think are privileges or anything. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. well, all of us, hey, they they tell you some stupid shit like, man, all of us had to go through the practice at they and all the black kids look at them like, damn, they never would take that at our school. You know what I'm saying? And they look at like, oh, you didn't? Like, no. But, like you said, but they're not going to give back any of this. They're not going to give back any of the benefits they got. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't go, damn, man. Hey, man, that's, hey, man, that's bad for you, man. I guess if you work hard. But I can't say, because I do know black people that worked hard and they made it in the system. You know what I'm saying? Or they having some of success in the system. But I gotta ask you this, right? When you say class, and you speak of money, right? Mm-hmm. But what about all the black? What about all the black millionaires? I don't think they're they're not taking that serious. You're saying they're not taking what serious? I don't think black millionaires are really taken serious in America. You know what I'm saying? As far as white billionaires, as I got people that we got actual power. You know what I'm saying? Like real life power. When you say, well, yeah. before you don't got any power. You know what I'm saying? But the rich blacks in America, they like they got power in politics or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? They just got money for doing entertainment, for being, like you said, a minister show or being. Yeah. Well, the, the, white I, folks. I don't know, or maybe they're staying silent for whatever reason, but I don't know of too many black millionaires or billionaires who have completely circumvented white supremacy to get their money. Like, they haven't somehow or another participated in some form of capitalism to get their money so it's like well I don't even think you can get to a billion dollars without using white folks that's what I'm saying so to some degree like the way capitalism is set up like you almost have to compromise yourself just to achieve a certain level of uh, financial gains in this country that's the that's the twisted uh, yeah, nature you of capitalism like all, bl- all most of the, like okay you know how jay-z does his rock nation brunch every year and like i i got i'm almost tired of seeing that picture because it's like i never hey, seen f- <laughs> no, no 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 i'm talking about the picture where he does with like him swiss beats uh oh yeah yeah the Black Black yeah but uh, yeah it's like but within that whole crop that photo it's like i see the same faces every year i'm not seeing any like can you please point us to a direction where you can even get money to start investing to on that scale that these guys like to flaunt without having to take the route of black exploitation just to get to it? Like these are all entertainers and uh actors and rappers that are that are elevated for us to see as like our beacons of hope or aspiration, but it's like underneath all of that it's still capitalism at work. It's still they're still eating off of the residuals of Capitalism, which, like I said, it goes hand in hand with the racism that we see in this country. But, and I'm not really, I'm not saying that to like, 
disparage Jay-Z or whoever is in the photo because I know they still do other things with their money for good. But it's like it doesn't paint a full picture like people can't arrive to the proper conclusions when they're given the wrong. You know what I'm saying context clues to go by because basically all yeah. I see from the photo is, OK, uh, do this, do that. And then I'll be on that level. But it doesn't say like, yo, it, this system is so wicked to even try to maneuver through. And we never get that type of education. Period. Yeah, don't tell you this do that. There's this person in the back is this guy ass. Yeah. Hey, do you make? Do you make me accept it? Yeah. Okay. One of the biases, like okay, back to that standardized biases. I heard something said just in passing, and I kind of they just they kind of glazed over it, but they didn't really give it. They didn't know that they dropped the jewel. Like people ask what the bias is, what the bias is. Uh, they keep seeing they keep seeing people like. Hey, we went back and we revamped the test. We did this. We did that. We did that the third. But it's like the one thing that they never address fully is that we don't even talk the same. We don't even communicate the same as them. So it's like, even if you give us, even if you said you gave us the information, but we taught you this guys this in third grade or fourth grade. It's like, when you go to ask the question, you're not speaking to my brain in the same uh, vernacular that I've grown up to understand. So you can, it's almost like you can, uh, you can get around any liability by saying, "Hey, we we're just asking questions." But no, you're not just asking questions. You're asking questions in a certain way that you know we're not gonna. If yeah. I told somebody like, "Yo, the difference between the black and the white uh, ability to uh, digest information is infinitesimal," they would be like, exactly. oh, "What does that What does that word mean?" You know what I'm saying. And what you said, look, I'm glad you said, I swear to God, I just read an article earlier when they were talking about how, uh, how white HR ladies, yeah, when they know that, when they know that they're sending a, uh, an email to Emily, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, they use way different phrases than when they send in the, when they send in the Keisha, you know what I'm saying? They do like that they to me at work all the instead time. Instead of saying, for white people, they say euphoric and stuff, you know what I'm saying? But for black people, they're going to say happy, you know what I'm saying? They're not going to even try to use... Uh, a big vernacular they're not going to try to use multi-syllabic words or anything mm-hmm. they don't think black people get it you know what I'm saying and but I'm, I'm going to be honest you know sometimes I got to be a hypocrite I mean not a hypocrite but sometimes I got to go in like when I was listening to that star shit like that girl that was speaking or whatever the fuck like which I only got through like 20 minutes I know it's okay, like okay well I mean well there was I mean, well the people that disagreed you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying like even when they was disagreeing like they was, they was coming with anecdotal evidence though you know what I'm saying like with Star, you know, Star be asked like, "Well, damn, are the black kids fucking doing their homework?" You know what I'm saying? Like, are they are they not doing anything? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, they started off like we had that one discussed like when the girl she had got like a 700 or something on the SAT, but the next time she came back and it went up like 300 points or something. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what they were saying. Like, well, are they are they standard? Like, did she cheat or did she not cheat? You know what I'm saying? Like, are and I know you're educated, and I'm educated. I mean, my thing about these standardized tests. If they bullshit or if they're not bullshit, my one thing about it is, I believe if you took the test, you would score well. You know what I'm saying? Because I, and I believe you to be an intelligent person. I know everybody don't take tests the same. Yeah. But the black people that are taking the test that are passing, they're like they're they're still going to Harvard and they're passing. You know what I'm saying? Like, are they not? Are the tests not working for them? You know what I'm saying? Like. And it's just not working for the other black kids that was able to score 1200 that get into Stanford and all these other things, like the Richard Sherman's and them. Mm-hmm. Like, Zion Williamson that going to Duke, 
You know what I'm saying? I know like the education could have been different, right? I'm growing up like you know what I'm saying in the cities, whatever I'm just saying, but like all these other I'm I'm from the projects, you from the projects, you know what I'm saying? Like the test that you score that you take, do you not score high in them? Are you not a gifted, you know what I'm saying? Are you not an intellectual? You are. You know what I'm saying? Your friends the other black friends you met in life in your profession like this, you know what I'm saying, got real technical job, but like, they they score high on these tests. So I'm like, are they not are they not real or is it you know, I mean, I met white people that that's a lot of families. They dumb as hell. You know what I'm saying? They take the test. And they up there. It, basically, it's like okay, you're right about that. Uh, the test is like I said. It's we have to start looking at things as race and economic at the same time because a broke ass white person that's in the bumfuck Alabama is not going to score high as a white person that's right. in like Rhode Island at a charter school. So it's like. But that just demonstrates, but but also that demonstrates uh, that dispels the logic that okay, uh, inherent, you know what I'm saying, inherent IQ stereotypes because it's like okay, right. race isn't even a factor. Like it's all about uh, achievement gap, and any student is based on the environment that they're they're taught in. You know what I'm saying that's what that that's what that is all about. But um. Hold on, what was your a question? Your original question? I kind of lost my train of thought. I was I'm watching the Grammys at the same time. Damn, I think well, what I think my original question was just like, what do you? I mean, do you think? I mean, you really trying to answer when I ask like, do you think are the are the test are they lying? That the, 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 the Mexican kids or the black kids or the colored kids that's perceived smart. You know what I'm saying? They they take the test and they score well. It's not. It's not. They're not lying. Like when they say like, okay. I just, I just think the information and the way the test goes about it, it caters to one way of thinking. You know what I'm saying? So I'm able to score right. high. Like I, I told you all the time, like my elementary school years, I spent no time in school. Like I literally would show right. up to school and I would immediately walk out. Like that's, that's why I tell people when I say I have five or six ed- years of education, like I really didn't start going to school until like around fifth or sixth grade. But when it came time to do the standardized test, I still got like a 1540 on my SAT, having never studied anything other than the society that I live in. I was always studying people like they put me in smarter classes, tags, uh, talented and gifted classes, AP classes. It gave me an insight on how certain people think. You know what I'm saying? So when it came time to test, like I had picked up so much of their vernacular, the way they phrase things, it also like. It started I started to understand the culture and the essence in which the tests were being written. So it was like I could yeah. almost game them like a spook who said yeah, about you it. Can now. That's how I, I mean I feel the same as that. I mean you already know that I mean I feel the same as that way too. Like you said, I went I, I know, you know what I'm saying, I went to those schools. So get to the tell you know what I'm saying, and and being around that many white people just in my lifetime, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was in classes with some of these you know what I'm saying? You can the whole phrase and everything is different. Yeah. You, see, you know what I'm saying? The thought process is different. Mm-hmm. The way they the way they think about stuff is different. Like it's it's, it's total. I mean, it's, it's it's fucking. It's like you live in two different worlds, Tommy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Carter G. Woodson, uh, Miseducation of the Negro. Uh, hold on, is that Carter G. Woodson? I believe it is. Uh, yeah. I was reading it last week. He talked about like you can't even teach like kids that grow up in the farm. Uh, economics or money the same way you teach people who come from like affluent families like one one or or like people that come from poverty like one kids their their frame reference for uh finances is like yo 
living in a household that's paycheck to paycheck. Like, so they, they're envisioning their whole philosophy behind finances is different than say a person. Yeah. Who gets allowance, who parents give them a debit card. It like, it, I don't know, but that all goes back to, uh, the starting point, which is the redistribution of wealth. Like there shouldn't be, you can't have a standardized test where there is no like standard of the quality of teaching that's being done in this country. So that's where the bias is as well. And as well, I mean, but um, the the the, the numbers directly the correlate. Though, the years though, like, would you not hold on, hold on, hold on? To to go to college, you know what I'm saying? Hold on, really quick. Would you not say that the correlation and and uh success on these standardized tests isn't directly correlated to the socioeconomics of the test taker aside no, from a few no, i think it's 90 percent uh, of it <laughs> is, is that okay no I, I would say i would say no let me take that back let me take that back i would say that 50 percent of it is definitely that i would say the other 50 percent is the other 25 percent is hard work like i know them eight right i mean I was are you just you weighing it at 50 50 you're going, no, you're, I'm not saying that fifty. No, I'm not saying that fifty fifty. I'm saying fifty percent economics. You know what I'm saying? Then twenty five percent, like of your real intelligence. Like you, you still got to have a brain to be, do some of this shit. You know what I'm saying? And the other twenty five percent is actual hard work. You know what I'm saying? Ten percent. But the fifty percent, ten percent of the finance is huge. Since you get to go to private schools, you know what I'm saying? Uh, if you go in the house with two parents, like you say, everything is different. And shit, you know what I'm saying? The way that you think about money is different. So if I can. If I can afford, like, like DJ Henry was telling Killer Mike, if I can afford to send my kid to... I don't like that nigga, school, man. He, he, I don't he like annoys either. me, man. Saying, Again, that's just demonstrating the link between uh, economics and race. Economics, yeah. Like they do these tests, like the achievement gaps that they look at. Uh, they look at it as okay, black people are the lowest when it comes to standardized testing. But when you look at achieve or achievement gap, which it, which it takes into account, like okay, how you do, how well you do in school, standardized testing, and do you go on to get degrees? You know, what I'm saying black people are always at the lowest spectrum of that. Asians and whites are higher. Asians are the are highest. The highest. But there's a no, no. Actually, Africans are the highest. Africans on a per capita, on a per capita basis. On a per capita base. So that that right there just dispels or puts us back on an even playing field where they say uh, it's an inherent thing amongst black people. Because I remember we had this conversation a long time ago, 
And I, that was one of the things I always said, like, yo, it has nothing to do like with genetics or DNA. But like I said, the Nigerians numbers coming over, though, like they said, like they only bet the smartest Nigerians come over. Okay, so that's the stipulation on that. You know what I'm saying? You know, Trump and them, they're like, well, how can you even you prove our economy? You know what I'm saying? Like, what kind of schools are... Even the Asians that come over, like, the Asians, the only Asians that are allowed to come over are the real smart ones. Yeah. The fucking Filipinos now, they don't let them come over. Sorry, no. I'm getting tired of seeing Alicia Keys on my TV, man. Go somewhere. Like... Alicia Keys is playing at the NWDC. Okay. I just I, I look at Alicia Keys and I just see it's gonna be something. It may not be this year, or it may not be next year, but something's coming with her as far as she's gonna do something that's gonna fucking she's hey, gonna be a, a black I, I don't even want to talk about race or I, I don't wanna dive too deep into her know, other than to say something's gonna come out. She's gonna say or do something and it's gonna put her in the crosshairs of the culture. She just has that she's like primed and ready for it. I can just see it in her face. Uh, but what color? Kind of, what color kind of is Smith though? He's like Arabic and shit. I don't know, bro. Kadeem, whatever his name is. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Kadeem, black, you know what I'm saying? Like Arabic or some shit like that. I don't know. DJ Khaled is always in every Black Excellence photo. Uh, you know, with Jay Z. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Because like I tell you, like I tell you, I love you, Sean Carter, but sometimes I don't even recognize it first sometimes. But I'm telling you. Okay. Uh, th- I'm this is even <laughs> funny. You should question uh, Swiss. He on stage right now with uh, Eve. So it's <laughs> Eve. I don't know what the fuck went wrong with her, but oh yeah, and then they panted Janelle Monae. <sighs> culture, culture, culture. I don't want to be in anybody's crosshairs. That's why I'm not gonna say anything. You know, too far out right now. Uh, what else did we talk about? This is the, the menstrual show is over. We talked about blackface. Uh, I have a topic I want to talk about really quick on the pod. And shout out to Fats. Fats said I never get him to come on the podcast. Uh, but me and him had a conversation before. I, before like early around four o'clock uh he was like let's come on the, let me come on the show yo i was like i want to talk about sports and he was like yeah yeah I, I'll, I'll do the sports conversation and just in that little two minutes of us talking about the lakers situation that i'm about to get to he was talking over me i couldn't talk i couldn't get a word in so you know i don't go for that type of shit on my show so it's like <laughs> i'm thinking fats i'll have you on the show at some point in time you know what i'm saying it's, it's no hard feelings but I, I'll have to ease you into the show I can't bring you in on something like this that's gonna require me to shut you down yeah uh I'm here to I'm here to teach I'm here to uh edutain I'm not here to kind of learn lessons or argue so to speak uh Magic Johnson man should this nigga not be fired like <laughs> I swear I said the same listen, I said the same thing. I said, yo, if he wasn't Magic Johnson, I'm just like I told you, if he didn't even though LeBron came there, you know what I'm saying? I don't think Magic Johnson had anything to do with it. I think the only reason they hadn't fired Magic Johnson the reason that they hadn't fired Magic Johnson is would it look like you really trying to bring in free agents like them your front office is in disarray of this fired Magic Johnson? He's got the cuddly black face. You know what I'm saying? He's smiling. He's warm. He's, you know what I'm saying? A teddy bear for the franchise. I, I don't I don't think they want to do him dirty. But it's like, nigga, you look crazy. Yeah, but he's fucking, 
It's like Larry Bird, like all them, like he fucking basketball royalty, though. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being real. He basketball royalty. They can't get rid of. They bring his ass in so he could be. You know what I'm saying? He almost feels reluctant though. Like even back when he did the post game shows and where he would just be fumbling over his words and yeah, mush mouth ass nigga. Like it almost seems like they have to respect his dollar, not necessarily respect him as a person. It could be like Lamar said, like hey, he's just a face. You know what I'm saying? Like he ain't really running shit. Just use like you said, they just use magic to be the big color face and put the spin on You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't really think you can fire magic when James Bush run around here talking about she told him he better fucking drive longer. Yeah, it's like okay, magic, we only gonna let you take this shit, but so far. So he magic had to drive Lonzo and Jimmy Bus fucking hired Luke Walton. So you know, I mean but he does listen. I mean, like this fucking draft ass. Nigga, you have crazy. He, yo, first and foremost, you made the mistake of drafting Lonzo Ball. You got you let you let Levar trick you into taking Lonzo, <laughs> a nigga with a broken ass jumper who had never played on a full court. Like he, Lonzo trained on that backyard basketball court yeah. that was attached to the pool Hills, with a chain net on it in Chino Hills against his two brothers, and he Levar tricked you into. <laughs> LeVar tricked you into taking LeVar this nigga. <laughs> and LeVar be saying that shit with conviction, though. You know what I'm saying? A blue chip prospect. A blue chip prospect from Kentucky, De'Aaron Fox. Put the put that work on, on Lonzo twice, and you just ignored that. And then, okay. Not only did you do that, you know what I'm saying? Well, that's not talk about Brandon Ingram. Saying, but Magic didn't ignore it because Jimmy Buss said he... She told him because the poison came out that Magic wanted to get the Aaron Fox and Jenny Buss was one that told him to hire Lonzo. Magic was at Summer League sitting front court. Sitting front I row. I, I don't know, man. Not only did you do that, you missed out on Paul George after you went on all yeah, these... Yeah, I was n- about to say that. Like, you didn't get no, no other... You know what I'm saying? Like, this is... You could really say, like, this is two... I mean, not two, but just, like, just the, the, the continuation... Mm-hmm. But this is two chances you had to get a free agent. You didn't get anybody. Nobody. Like, nobody. You know, the rest of them getting Carmelo. Like, he didn't get nobody. Like, you got. <laughs> all you got was, like, knuckleheads to come join you. You got Lance and, 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 and Rondo. Which niggas on one year contracts. Yeah. And nobody really wanted. Come on, let's ask you. Who, who wanted Rondo? Okay. I, I, let me let me lay off magic for a second. Other than let me, let me, I have something else I want to talk about that's kind of serious. So we often get up here and you know we've been challenging. Uh, I mean I I date back all the way back to 2004, my senior project in high school. I've been challenging the exploitation of black athletes, uh, predominantly NFL athletes, football players. The we've talked about how it's like a plantation and you know what I'm saying we've we've illustrated at nauseum how to see ncaa is fucking corrupt and crooked uh but that brings me to my this thing that's just like aching my side is with these nba players who are fucking demanding trades crying and complaining this new beta male bitch ass mentality that's taken over the nba and i don't like it and i'm not going to sit by and be one of those people that just wholesale endorse the athlete's actions now i'm gonna let you respond to what i'm about to say let me just say it real quick uh 2000 and i think it was 
13, 14, or might have been 14, 15. There was a summer where KD spent most of his October playing in the Rucker Park of the world because the NBA was locked out. Like, KD went on this whole Rucker Park, the Drew League, like all these NBA players were playing in pickup games because there was negotiations over something called a collective bargaining agreement. NBA players wanted more uh, freedoms. Uh, the NBA, over, since that time, has all but guaranteed, fully guaranteed contracts, with the exceptions of maybe like a Joel Embiid, who have like an injury clause. But they've all but fully guaranteed cr- contracts. Uh, players have been allowed to express themselves, demonstrate, I can't breathe hoodies. Uh, the Clippers protested Donald Sterling. He's been fired. Uh, every, you know what I'm saying? Mar- they own Martin Luther King Day. Nike, Adidas, Reebok, KD, Kobe, LeBron, they own Black History Month. They got their own series of clothing and apparel that, like, the NBA is about as woke as it gets. Publicly, you know what I'm saying? Just from a, a aesthetics appeal. Especially when you contrast that with the NFL. But now, they're almost conflating the idea of racism and control to the fact that they sign guaranteed fucking contracts to do their job. You know what I'm saying? To me, that undermines the spirit of business. And it's why blacks as a whole never get taken serious with business. Cause it's like, we had this, uh, business never personal episode where I talk about, they never want to, they know that you can't leave emotions out of business. Business is cold. It's calculated. It's not, it has no place for emotions, but it's like Anthony Davis, he's making himself to be out some kind of political prisoner or some sort of uh, social justice warrior because he wants out of L.A. Like this whole narrative of let the players go where they want to go. He should be allowed to do what he want to do. This nigga is still going to get paid whether he shows up or not. So when they sat him down for a week and he sat on the sidelines uh, twiddling his thumbs because he was upset and wanted to go to L.A. with LeBron, he still got a paycheck. Like I don't get how I see LeBron as ruining the future of the NBA. That's basically what I'm the sentiment of this whole thing him rich paul his team they're slowly and they're eroding the nba your response to that uh, uh, i believe listen uh i know cowherd said it but i believe exactly what you just said i i think you need to throw your boy nike nike is a big one into that shit you know what i'm saying okay yeah because i think nike the one that's in here supplement niggas income for they to do that bullshit. So they can pull off these stunts? Yeah. yeah. Like, come on, like they said, like, if Anthony Davis, you have a chance to be the first player to get $300 million, mm-hmm. and you just willing to get that up. You know what I'm saying? I care more about, about my legacy. And they're, they're talking about all these agents talking about, like, there'll be no way he'd be able to make that up. And Rich Paul's talking about, nah, we already got two channels and stuff. We can make that yeah. back. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I guess you go get a fucking $200 million Nike contract for the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, Kevin Durant and I'm doing and then that's what it is. But like when it, well, you said, like, them wooden power, and I do believe that if you sign a contract, you should honor that contract. Mm-hmm. But since it's a league, like they said, but since this is a, it's a league, like, these owners ain't losing no money because Anthony Davis, like they said, like, yo, the, the league gonna spit the money at the end, and, you know what I'm saying, split all the billions, everybody money already fully guaranteed, you already get all the TV, right? You know what I'm saying? I will say that I do think like if a, if a, if um 
if a company becomes toxic for an employee, should you not be able to leave? And when I say leave, they're not leaving with the, they're not leaving like they're not going to be in the NBA. Like, they niggas still going to be in the NBA, just going to adjust the TV schedule for the Knicks or where, I'm just saying, whatever team that Anthony Davis would have landed on, or, you know, the Lakers, they would have just adjusted the schedule for that team to be on TV all the time. You know what I'm saying? I don't think the league really care about these small market teams as much as they put on that they do. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you though that it's a whole lot of beta, there's a whole lot of beta this shit going on in the in the uh, NBA behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? Even with my boy Nobel Samaj and his team, I told you I think Rich Paul. They, they, no, 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 no. Slow down, slow down, like slow down, play. slow they down, slow down. Dirty game. This nigga said Norbell Samaj. <laughs> Say his name, bro. I'm trying to give him an alias. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying, like, I think all that shit, like, I think all that shit is suspect. You know what I'm saying? I, like I said, when LeBron shows up to these games with Zion Williamson down there and Rich Paul is the agent, like, this shit is a joke. Hey, I'm going to go tell you 17, 18, I'm the most famous basketball player in the world. I got my own fucking, um, and as I guess that's cool for player empowerment, you know what I'm saying? But I understand what you're saying. Like, when you're in the league and you got, that does out here world empower unnecessarily for hundreds of millions. You know what I'm saying? But, but when you hear like people like uh, Max Kellerman and I break it down, like yo, like the NBA kind of put in loopholes, or these players really couldn't leave and shit. You know what I'm saying? This and we is... gonna back that with different financial incentives, like yo, if you stay here five extra years, so we can make a billion dollars off of you, we'll let you make an extra sixty million. Yeah. But if you don't stay here, we're not able to make an extra billion off of you, and we, we could re- we could wreck your reputation or whatever we want to do to you. Honestly, I think the salary cap is the only thing that you can really look at as a, as a, as any, any like in any way, shape, form in a bad way. Like the, the salary cap is the only thing that says, okay, I can't get paid whatever a person is willing to pay me. It's like the only parameter that's set on it. Yeah. Other than that, like if you sign in a full and a fully guaranteed, so let me let me get this straight because players want to have this new approach to uh if i don't like the fact that we're losing or i don't like the fact that uh this team isn't doing well uh i'm gonna demand a trade i want to opt out of the contract i'm telling you what's gonna happen they're gonna start having trade clauses in contracts to say if you demand a trade or publicly it gets out it's gonna activate certain uh stipulations in these contracts because they're looking at like we've they already got that no, they got like a fifty thousand dollar fine. You know what I'm saying? Magic will come out his pocket for that. He paid the hundred. He paid two hundred fifty for uh, Paul George. Like that's nothing. But it's like, yo, we're gonna start threatening these. The idea of non guaranteed contracts. So it's not. It may. It may not hurt you because you may not ever get hurt, or you may not never find yourself in a situation where the team don't want to live up to the contract. But for a player like say Mike Conley, who benefited from that last CBA, the fully guaranteed contract, Mike Conley haven't played. He haven't been healthy in years, and he's getting paid thirty million a year to sit. You know what I'm saying, or play when he's not hurt, to the point where the team can't even win or lose with him. Like they're just stuck having to pay him. They still have to honor their end of the contract. As far right. from a monet, like the the relationship is money. The relationship isn't uh, the product on the court. You sign a contract to no matter what, put on that uniform and go play. And we, no matter what, are gonna pay you whether you get hurt, whether yeah, we. Well, end up- you sign a contract though. We had we signed a contract that you're gonna get this set amount of money over this set amount of years, regardless to what happens to you within the parameters of this league. We're not gonna trade you to the we're not gonna trade you from the Pelicans to the New York Jets, or we're not gonna trade you to the uh uh Los Angeles Dodgers, you know what I'm saying? 
We're still you're still gonna be in this league. You're still gonna get your paycheck. Okay, so what are you thinking about? You're an I'm NBA imagine. player. You're not you're you're an NBA player. That just means you're a part of this league. The league has trades and transactions. That's part of the league. Okay, let me ask you this then, right? Because I, I remember what you're saying. Everybody has their role. Don't don't GMs have their job description, which is do what's in the best interest of this team. Part of their job description is trades, acquisitions, moving pieces around. You've you've signed a contract to be a part of this machine called league. I, I, okay, well let me ask you. Okay, well, okay. What about players that, like you said, you sign a contract. You do sign the contract, right? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And um. Like say like you lines the ball, you sign a contract, and they bring in Ray John Rondo and shit. And yeah, you're still you're still going to get guaranteed money for that for that check right there. You know what I'm saying for that contract that you signed. But you're hurting your potential money because they're not letting you on the court and not letting you showcase your talents and shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, damn man, my next contract come up, it could be worth two hundred. It could be worth two hundred million. But I'm sitting here playing behind Rondo. You know what I'm saying? Or the coach got it in for me, or on some Kawhi Leonard shit. Like, oh, I think I'm injured, and y'all want me to go out there and play. That's why Kawhi Leonard didn't play. He didn't want to mess up his chance of getting that max contract. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, he still got paid yeah. nonetheless. Well, he yeah, got... I know. That's what, I'm saying. that's what I'm saying. Like, I agree. That's why I said I agree with you because they're still getting paid. It's a dynamic but, conversation. It, it can't yeah, be looked like, at one. It can't solidly looked at, be looked at as black and white because there's so much gray to it. Yeah. I just think the NBA players, their leverage, they're starting to introduce emotions into this equation. You know what I'm saying? And it, what it, it's it's going to... Okay. We talked about one episode where I was like, okay, the league is like divided in half right now. Uh, when, I t- when, I, when I wanted to get away, uh, get rid of playoff uh, East versus West, and I just was like, yo, the top 16 teams should be in the playoff regardless of conference. And that opened up a conversation about um, consolidating in the league. And I said, no, because you have to have places for young players to go to develop. So all the teams that don't make the playoffs are typically – teams with uh the rookies young rising talent you have to give them room to develop but basically uh with this new wave that's taking over the nba which is to consolidate all the best players you're gonna have instances like you said with uh rondo and uh lonzo that's gonna be the new league basically you're gonna have you're gonna stifle young talent for the sake of a few people so for the sake of lebron winning another championship and somehow chasing the ghost of Michael Jordan, you're going to sacrifice the growth potential of four or five players. Like, that's just one example, man, but that's man, the man, new... I that question today, though. He said, hey... Yeah, he said they're professionals. Yeah, these are professional names, babies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why, hey, that's why I said it's great. Like, but like, like you said, but in that being a professional, like, yo, hey, I am being a professional and I'm trying to... I understand exactly what you said. Like, hey, yo, don't make these public trade demands and things like that. You know what I'm saying? And if we can, if we can work behind the scenes and try to do right by you, then we will. But I'm just asking for like a situation, a situation that may be toxic or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what what is the what should be your way of getting out? Like, damn, I signed a six year contract here. You know what I'm saying? Y'all told me Phil Jackson was gonna be here. Y'all told me we might have this damn general manager. You know what I'm saying? Y'all said this organization was gonna have this owner. We didn't do any of that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all told me, hey, in two years that we were going to move to a new arena. And in Los Angeles, we didn't do any of that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all told, y'all, y'all told me a whole lot. Since y'all paid me $30 million, I just let y'all lie to me all the time. You that's why saying? I said the contract, that's why I said the agreement is a financial one. It's not really... Uh... Oh, yeah, you're right. I guess it's not a lifestyle agreement. 
Yeah, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. I'm going to get his money. I mean, he's right, though. You know, at the end of the Davis day, can't even really say that, though. Honestly, think about it. They brought in Drew Holiday. They brought in... Uh, they signed Randall. They had DeMarcus Cousins there. They made the playoffs. They swept the the, the Blazers. Yeah, the Blazers. Like, yeah. like, bro, what legs are you standing on other than the fact that you want to go join LeBron? You conveniently fired your manager and, and signed with Rich Paul. I got one for you, right? What made, why did you go to Egypt? Why you didn't stay in Canada? I, 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 okay. That, that answers my question. That's like a softball for me. I called and I and I demanded a trade, quote unquote. I said, "Yo, I want to go here." Get a trade. And then the army listen. Did the army was the army hurt because you demanded the trade? No, that's the, that's the difference is if they would have told me no, if they would have sent me somewhere else, that's just part of the game. But my check would have still been there on the first and fifteenth because I'm beholden to the league. I'm a I'm a yeah. I'm a, a professional to the league. They didn't let Paul George where he wanted to go. They didn't let Paul George where he go. We wanted to go. Yeah, but I feel like the conversation amongst sports media this week, it hint, and maybe it's just because it's ESPN, and you know they like to introduce racing yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. But they're starting to like introduce this idea that these players are being oppressed in some way, shape, or form, and because it's a convenient narrative, I starting to see, I'm starting to see in the NBA them start to use sort of NFL style language, which to me don't pertain to them. It's almost like they're undoing all of the progress that they've made and being an example of how a business pretty much as close to a professional sports uh business employee relationship should be like they're starting to undo it just on the basis of what oh i just don't feel good or i don't like how this i mean but when you but listen but when you said when we start out the conversation like you said it started off with the lockout you know what i'm saying they had to, they had to be sick they had to be uh they had to be collectively bargained again. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they said, like these. Oh yeah, it was trash. After the collective bargaining, it allowed for the split between profit share to tilt more into the players' favor. That's why contracts are so huge now. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And but but I, black. But, oh, let me ask you this question, because you know we we discuss race as a centerpiece in this. Is there ever an instance where black people are wrong? In a in a in a in a discussion to where you have two uh individual parties one being seen as the predominant like the white uh, corporate entity and then you is have the black players gonna, entity is I'm there ever a scenario now, where the black uh entity is wrong and how they're going about it because it's like race discussions won't allow for you to ever look at them not i'm not saying you won't allow for most conversations to look at the uh one side is bad and the other side is good it's always like the corporate side is bad well, it's it's it's, a, it's like a, it's kind of like I said about like with white supremacy, like the owners made all the rules. You know what I'm saying? They made all the rules, and like they said, if you don't like our rules, we just lock our asses out. You know what I'm saying? To the point where y'all don't even have enough money to stay locked out. Same thing like the NFL owners do. You know what I'm saying? And I think like, but the lockout the is just the lockout is a symbolic term for like the CBA ran out. The, our yeah. agreement has run out so the doors are locked to the league until we come to some sort of agreement again the, the term lockout just sounds so harsh like hey we're shutting down the gyms and taking the keys away until you guys listen to us no it's just that's just a term of like okay the contract is over now we're in discussions yeah but I, I guess I, I guess like people look at it because they're in the APA they make so much money yeah so you can't like really like it to a regular job but I mean 
everybody be on a regular job, they're like, man, damn, I need this job, this shit, you know what I'm saying? But my boss is a fucking dick, you know what I'm saying? My boss is an asshole, shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, like, I like people say, HR, like, why can't, like, people say, like, they don't really want to play for the New England Patriots because of the lifestyle, the, the, the rules I got around here. Mm-hmm. Like, listen, we get to be one set standard of rules. Like, you know, if I, if I go to New York Knicks, y'all gonna treat me like this because y'all gonna treat me to the Lakers, I'm, all my pay gonna be the same, you see what I'm saying? So my locker should be this damn big, and you know how they say, you know what I'm saying? But hey, you some sort of uniformity team, across. They treat you yeah, I agree to that to a certain degree. Like there should you know be a standard. <laughs> back back to the standardizing. If we're gonna have to obey standardized rules, there should be a standard within the league that you, all teams have to live up to. Yeah, maybe, maybe they should you know just put kickers in contracts. Some like, got private of, planes, and you know what I'm saying? It's just the, it's all the amenities in the world. You know what I'm saying? Or like Phoenix, all players used to go to Phoenix to get uh, their health. Like they used to have the best physical therapists and doctors. Yeah, like like Shaq. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Or like in the Heat, and Oklahoma I and I think like you said, with the salary cap, with the problem with the salary cap, like you said, hey, these LeBron and them, the players gonna try to use any any advantage they got because like they said, hey, LeBron. Should be getting paid way more than fucking forty million dollars. Oh yeah, we know about fair market value. <laughs> they know that, you know. What but I'm that's also that's a two way restriction though, because it's not, it's not just to be looked upon as like a restriction on the players. The owners are like, shit, I could pay this. Like, yo, why the fuck I gotta abide by these rules? I want to have the best possible uh, team that I because, could, money can buy. Owners, why can't I do that? that? Wasn't the Knicks or the Lakers? They couldn't afford that shit. You know what I'm saying? They know the, nobody wants to go play in Milwaukee. The NBA is like the prototype for socialism so to a certain degree within a certain uh, to a certain aspect. Capitalism would if, if capitalism was the system that ran the NBA without any kind of parameters. Come on, yeah. you're telling me the Knicks and the Lakers wouldn't be the best teams? They would. Like you said, they, they're like how the Yankees were back in the day. You know what I'm saying? We just paid. You know what I'm saying? These are destination spots and places people want to be. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just keeping it real. Like, dog, I don't think I can stay in Minnesota. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Minnesota thing, they're really going to be able to sign Carl Anthony Town? Yeah, Cleveland, Orlando, Milwaukee. I don't think I can stay any of these places. I just said, dog, you a kid. You a kid. Like, you you LeBron James. You're the best basketball player in the world, dog. And you got stuck in Cleveland. I get well, I get it. Well, I get it. Why? Oh, let's, let's, let's go back a little bit. I understand why Anthony Davis wanted to come to the Lakers. Like, come on. Over New Orleans? Like, be out here, in LA. Yeah, say, all the money, all the money in the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck, I get that money in LA. He like, yo, Lonzo getting all this shine. This nigga's trash. Imagine if I was there. Yeah, I get it. At what point are we going to acknowledge that Lonzo was a bust? He definitely. Listen, I would definitely say he definitely injury prone. Let's make it more likely they would be a bust. I think he hides from the court, bro. I remember last year he was terrified to go against Westbrook. He, he gets, I don't know. Some niggas want to get out there by any means necessary. You know what I'm saying? There was a time where I thought Joel Embiid was like one of those players that was going to be chronically injured. This nigga wants the ball. Like, it's evident yeah. that he's an alpha male. He wants the ball. Against all he their wishes, all their. Yeah, against all medical uh, precautions. He like, yo, I want to play. I don't give a fuck about none of that. That's. All right, well, I mean, Anthony Davis, I understand why you want to come to L.A., LeBron. Don't – my question my, – my statement to LeBron is don't screw up the league uh, because you want to live out your last five years 
Uh, what about these grown men that they don't got no responsibility? They just LeBron is telling you do shit, they just going do it. LeBron is using his leverage, his uh, cachet as being the best player in the world to try to force the rest of the league to capitulate to stuff that was already agreed upon in collective bargain. Things that were talked about that they tried to avoid happening to the greater league. He's trying to find new ways to go around those agreements uh, and introduce the same consequences that they've talked about trying to avoid that they both agreed agreed upon. You know what I'm saying? That's what he's doing right now. Like he's a double agent. Like this nigga is literally an agent, a GM, a player. I LeBron, you know what? I just came to this realization. I think LeBron has to do these things, man. I think the league been conspiring for years. Not to, to fuck him over? LeBron teams out. To not help them out? Yeah. They, LeBron ain't really listening. Ain't nobody ever gave no trades that really help LeBron out. You know what I'm saying? Like, Are you what kidding me? Really went to go join LeBron. I mean, you know, Kevin Love and them, they went to play together. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking about like, when LeBron was already on the team. Yeah, they traded uh, Andrew Wiggins for him, the number one overall pick. Yeah, no, I'm just talking about like when LeBron was on the team, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't LeBron wished to run up in that motherfucker with no damn J.R. Smith and Tracy Thompson in the finals. But the rest of the NBA, you know what I'm saying? They're not coming with no. Even though he had Kyrie in them, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, just like now how they said, like, they told Dale Dimps, the rest of the league told Dale Dimps, we don't like what LeBron doing, so don't don't get a, don't help the Lakers out, you know what I'm saying? But I'm trying to figure out, like, shit, what grade A fucking free agent LeBron ever got after the goddamn trade deadline in any years? You know what I'm saying? He always got great free agents, man. He always got the, the Mike Millers. He always had shooters come join him. Ray Allen, like. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, talking, about, I'm talking about big name free agents. Like, you think the fucking league would give a fuck about like, Mike Miller saying he better go join LeBron? That character was Anthony Davis. Well, it's all contextual why LeBron didn't get big free agents. Because, like, the two times where he really, really made, like, power moves. He had already had his plan together, and it worked out exactly how he wanted. Like the first time he went to Miami, he had Chris Bosh and D Wade, who were both free agents, sign with him, and Ray Allen. And then, you know what I'm saying? The second time when he went back to Cleveland, they already had Kyrie. He orchestrated, or Cleveland traded the number one pick for. Uh, just the fact that they even got the number one pick, knowing LeBron was coming back and Kyrie. Like just to put them in that type of predicament was already in LeBron's favor. I don't. I think now they might be trying to screw him over just because it's like, uh, it may be some of his other endeavors that they're starting to frown upon. His outspokenness. I think they've been doing that. I think they've been doing that. Like all the years he was trying to get a fucking free agent to come to Cleveland before he went to Miami, and nobody would ever come. All these trades that miraculously, hey, we got Chris Bosh on the line. Chris Bosh don't come. Paul George don't come. You know what I'm saying? No, no not not back, not back then. Not the first go round in Cleveland. The first go round in Cleveland, these players that we're talking about now weren't even in the league or weren't even like viable options back then. He took all well, the well, Chris Bosh and Lamar Scott are my though. But you got you got to understand too, like there was a lot of trash free agents for a long period of time during LeBron's You're Cleveland right. years. The, the league didn't have as much talent. So I think he suffered more because of that. But I, I I do get what you're saying though. I get what you're saying. Uh but yeah, that's just my little conversation about the league. Just it, it's not even like a criticism other than just like a critical analysis of some of LeBron's and Rich Paul's maneuvers. Cause like I see their motivation for doing it, which I think is selfish. It's just okay. So I started talking about something 
uh, with a friend called marginal utility. And it's like an economic term for like these one percenters, these ultra, ultra wealthy people who still try to extract more wealth and profit, even though for them to get another dollar wouldn't have any real the utility of that extra dollar is marginal. Like it has really no more. So the, market, so the Warriors didn't need the Marcus Cousins or Kevin Durant. Perfect example of marginal utility. Now, Kevin Durant would have made the difference if he would have stayed and say he would have he would have more utility with Oklahoma City than he actually had with Golden State. The Marcus Cousins is like the exercising of marginal utility. He has really no he services no extra utility to Golden State, but he pretty much is crippling the fact that uh, New Orleans is about to be in Seattle. Uh, that's pretty much what. Say again. No, I would say I said exactly. Yeah, and I just think the league is trying to avoid that. They're trying to avoid that term, that that reality of teams getting richer just for the sake of getting richer, even though it really has really no. Utility it adds no extra real value, and that shit that shit works both ways too. Extra security. Can I say something really quick? Because I kind of, and maybe you've experienced this too. So like, if you see a dude like, because I went to the grocery store on my break the other day, and some dude asked me for some money, and I'm thinking to myself like, yo, I'm about to go get this food, and I'm thinking like, does marginal utility work both ways? So like, okay, the the grocery store is really not going to benefit from me making my little $25 purchase any more than I'm saying, whatever. But at the same token is like when you start giving people, giving every homeless person, you see money. Like, does that really be the margin of utility of that? Cause I I find myself walking around the streets and maybe it's just me complaining. Uh, but this is the type of person I am. I, someone asked me for money. I'll I'll leave the house whatever I got and then come back with no money left in my pocket. But there is some sort of there's little to no utility in giving some people money, whereas it really makes more of an impact on me at my level than it would on their level. Like five dollars might feed you tonight, but at the uh, it I don't no, know. You mean it, had no, it had no overall real impact. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'd say that to highlight a bigger. <laughs> Once again, to highlight a bigger point uh, of capitalism, uh, just using the NBA as my like vehicle for this conversation. But you have people who say, oh, I donated this or I donated that to this cause and that cause. And when you really look at the. F- I'm asking people to use these things to an- analyze certain actions that they see done by certain people. Ask yourself the question, like, well, does this have any marginal utility when you really think about it? I think you chastised me one time when I said, yo, every neighborhood got a basketball court. Remember the episode where I was cooning, like episode. Yeah. I forget which one it was. And he was like, well, cause they put up a fucking gym and a basketball court. It's that type of shit. You know what I'm saying? The marginal nah, utility. Yeah. Kind of. And that, that segues back to our whole black agenda conversation. Like, I don't know. Just a turn. No, you, 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 you definitely, no, no, no. You, you definitely on this. You know what I'm saying? He definitely on the song. You see, you know what I'm saying, uh, and like you said, it, work, it works. It works both ways. You see, you know what I'm saying, it works on the way up and the way down. Yeah, and you gotta ask, and 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 you gotta like, and you said black people like, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, what the? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just using like, you know what I'm saying? 
just for every time you go for a Democrat, dog, you know what I'm saying? What what has changed and shit, you know what I'm saying? Did any did anything change? Did any even if you like you said, like even if you was to get uh even if you oh well now you got uh Obamacare, you know what I'm saying? Did anything change for real? I mean you just had Medicaid, like what what really we changed? I think at this point, I don't even think we should be suggesting political affiliations or even uh, playing with that idea anymore. It's like, I think we've, at least from where I stand, I feel like, yo, they both are fucking flawed. You know what I'm saying? They're both uh, pretty much equal yeah. in their, their, they're the same fucking people. The same, it's the same shit. It, um, let me see if I got any more notes before we get ready to get out of here. I know one thing I said last episode that if I found out Bow Wow hit her first, that I was going to come back and talk shit about this. I think Bow Wow didn't hit her first, man. I don't care what you did in that elevator video. For anybody that lasted a hundred or that lasted, my bad, one hour and 50 minutes into this podcast. Uh, did y'all hear that? Uh, did y'all hear that 911 call that TMZ placed and it, Either she was faking or what my first hunch was true, that Bow Wow hit her first and she beat his ass. Now, you decide. I, 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 I think, I think, I, I think it was what I said last time, you know what I'm saying? Are we riding uh, with Bow Wow regardless? I'm, a, I'm still on Bow Wow's side, man. Like, when you hear about, listen, this is how I feel about it. If you in here podding up with Shaq, you know what I'm saying? You in there, you bow wow girl, but you in there grinding no shack, giving your number out to shack and shit, you know what I'm saying? And and this man, y'all get in the elevator because you give give me my keys and shit. Like you you ain't you know what I'm saying, you ain't about to look at my shit, give me my motherfucking keys. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Now obviously Bow Wow jumped up in her face and shit like that, you know what I'm saying? But did he did he get said it he hit him in places that, that, that wouldn't show that fucking uh Janae Rice or Salon they did way more than he did in the elevator and shit. You know what I'm saying? Nobody got hit in the elevator. She didn't look for one second like she would have killed any damn nigga Bow Wow was talking about. She said Bow Wow hit her in places that wouldn't show. Something like you know that nigga was looking crazy. She was looking down on him. Come on, man. She was looking down on that nigga, man. Bow Wow went in that room and got his ass with that. All right, Bow Wow. I mean, no, listen, no, listen. I mean, could he have had her in the head? Like people listen, like you said, everybody that been in relationship, everybody them. Hey, I'm just girl, going by what she fans. said. She said he hit her in places. He said, I'm going to hit you somewhere where it's not going to show. And I've never heard a nigga <laughs> make that that clear of a, a a threat before. Like that specific of a threat before. But apparently that's, that's what, what I'm did. saying. Like, and, and, and listen, y'all fighting, right? I'm just keeping it Y'all fighting. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to hit you some places where it won't show. And she likes skin, though. You know what I'm saying? So we're, except for your stomach. Like, we're, I mean, where else? If he hit her in her fire or something, she can show those bruises, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He had bruises. He darker than she is. You know what I'm saying? He had bruises on the side of his... He showed all sorts of shit. You know what I'm saying? It ain't like she's... I'm just saying, it's not like she's a dark-skinned woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, where the marks wouldn't be able to be seen. Mm-hmm. And this is TMZ. They got the elevator video. I knew that elevator video was coming. They got all them pictures. Yeah. She didn't take nothing. Like they said, she didn't ask him for medical help. She didn't ask the cops to look out of nothing, dog. Like, <laughs> you see that goddamn fucking mug shot? Yeah. Okay. Wow, I mean, I got a damn mug shot. Wow, I looked crazy. But, okay. 
And that security guard was right there. That security guard was right there and shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that was on the elevator with him. Hold on, I didn't see this video. I'm just re I'm just going off of the, oh, the see, audio. Oh, you didn't see the video? Yeah, maybe if I see this video to give me newer perspective. No, I yeah, Bowlaw, no, Bowlaw did. He jumped in the face and shit, but he was, but you know, what I tell you, man, he all he did was take your keys. He took his keys out of him. You know what I'm saying? That's it. He didn't hit her. He didn't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? He took his keys out of him. I think Bowlaw needs some alone time. I think your team zero time when they got into a, a big fight in the elevator. It was no punches, no nothing. I'm gonna recommend they go ahead and lock him up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why you saying something to the dog pound? I'm going to go ahead. Hours in there. Let's put him, sit him down in the, the, the kennel for a minute. Uh, bad news have him think about uh, his life and the choices he makes going forward. Maybe it's time to uh, fall back from the public eye. I mean, bad news kennels will straighten his ass out. If you're not lying about a private jet or fainting a suicide attempt, or talking about some Kardashian that you smashed, you're doing shit like fighting a woman and uh, ended up with scratches on your face. So he 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 seems like a threat to society. So I'm gonna ask for him to be shut down. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and wrap up. This no 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 no. I just seen Cardi B win Grammy Rap Album of the Year for Invasion of Privacy. Uh, I think it's time to go ahead and this might be the last episode of this podcast, man. Did my nigga Chris Brown so often to pull up, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nigga out there, L.A. Gang Bay. Come on, man. Shout out to Cardi B. Shout out to Cardi B. I'm looking at all these white people faces as she walked up the stairs. They just looked like. What the fuck is she wearing? Is that like a oyster clam shell type of expired, you know what I'm saying? Expired type outfit or what? Like, uh, she done changed her outfit like six times since I seen her. Oh, like, okay, okay. I was like, you know, I ain't watching. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't watching. Now, this it is, is the same for, award show for, that didn't give. Is the date day Nicki Minaj a sprinter on them? Yes, yes. It gotta be over like, ain't no way she's gonna get no other rap albums out. It don't work like that. Yo, shout out to Cardi, honestly. Like, it's not her fault that she's got the best rap album of the year. Cardi read that script perfect. Yep. Fuck Drake. Fuck Pusher. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. Fuck Kendrick. Black Panther. None of that shit matters. This is this is the standard of excellence amongst rap culture. You're looking at it. So. And that shit crazy. Like they just replaced one white thing girl with another one. I don't even want to get just, back into colorism, they just man. Our, they said, Nikki, you might be 40 years old. You know what I'm saying? You out of here. That's what it is. They said Nikki had too many niggas and shit. You know what I'm saying? Hey. I'm, I'm at a loss for words because I'm just... Now I'm replaying, like, the fact that... I'm, I'm thinking about the albums that she was up against. The Mac Miller. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Black Panther soundtrack. Drake, Pusher. Well, I ask you this, right? Is hip hop dead or is. I already said that. Not? I mean, is it dead when, when, when Cardi B the biggest rapper in the world? The biggest star in the world? It's definitely That's changed. Hip hop they like, right? That's the commercial hip hop they like, right? I'll let, I'll let the people decide. It's just not as rich and as uh, respectable as it used to be. But like I said, I can't hate. I'm not player hating on her. I'm just objectively hating. Like you won over Nipsey, 
Like, I, I don't get it. And you ask them, what a dark skin rapper represent? I, 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 I can't get back into colorism. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm drained for this episode. Shout out to Dreezy. She dropped Big Dreeze. Check out that album. I think she's a dope female rapper. Shout out to uh, Rhapsody. She got nominated last year for best rap album. She's dark skin. I'm just saying, dog. If you look at it, I'm just saying, you look at it. The two biggest rap stars in the world is Drake, is Drake and Cardi. Yeah. I mean, you got Travis Scott. They gave Kanye a chance. He fucked it up. I mean. Yeah, but Kanye, Kanye is associated with white folks now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Fantasia. Hey, what's the King of New York doing, uh, man? Fantasia. Fuck, man. You're going to ask that question. What's the King of New York doing, man? I don't even. I, I don't want to talk about this no more. Damn. this. I keep saying that, but yeah, I, I really don't. You got anything else you want to talk about? Shout out to 21 Savage. Yeah. Free 21 Savage. Let's talk about immigration can, reform. Anything other than that. <laughs> hey, if that was, uh, that nigga dad a doctor and all of this shit, man, this shit crazy. Yeah, man. It's always some shit, right? Can I talk about one real, one small thing before we go? The, uh, or tease one conversation. So I'm thinking about what makes a coon, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay. we've talked about what a coon is and I, I've always often said like anybody that's working uh, covertly or overtly uh, against the better the better, 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 better of their the group they belong to. I'm saying the racial group they belong to, a traitor to their race, basically. And often, okay, so you know how Liam Nelson said, or what, is his name Liam Nelson? What's what's the dude's yeah, name? Liam Neeson. Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson taken. You know what I'm saying the nigga who plays the same character in every fucking movie, every sliver of his in any movie any movie <laughs> so much so that i'm starting to believe that's just who he is you know what i'm saying uh he talked about walking around with a bludgeoning weapon trying to kill a black bastard after a friend of his allegedly was raped by a black man and then he he, he got put through the social media you know what i'm saying the gauntlet people wanted to mute him and boycott his new movie and then, of course, you had the 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 Shea Butter feministas jump up and say, "How could he, Michelle Rodriguez? How could he be racist? He's kissing Viola Davis." And uh, you seen um, they started showing pictures of him with UNICEF over in Africa and all these other things. Yeah. And also yeah, then you seen people like Terry Crews come out, and I, I, Ter- Terry Crews is the real centerpiece of this next little topic he come out and basically he didn't denounce or defend him but he gave like a soft response to it and i'm asking that because amongst the conscious community the people i just kind of keep an eye on to see what their next agenda that they're pushing they're kind of they're kind of prepping terry cruz to be the latest coon like the latest popular coon a famous coon and so I asked myself, what makes a coon? You know what I'm saying? It's like, and I'll just say this and then you can add to the conversation. Is the making of a coon, does it start with being rejected for having any sort of opinion that goes against popular thought to where it kind of forces you to find level ground? Like if you're in an argument or you have a contention with something, 
you have a point to prove and you go to argue it and the majority of people disagree with you and shun you, it's going to force you to the path of least resistance, which is the people who agree with you, who champion you, who in Terry Cruz's case pay you. So it's like a coon is oftentimes created because we don't deal with people. I don't know. I'm not going to say compassionately, but it's just like, we can't just agree to disagree a lot of times. So it's like we double down on attacking each other fundamentally to where it's like some people tend to, some people who can't for whatever reason stand firm on their beliefs, they tend to gravitate toward the path of least resistance. And oftentimes with black people, it's like if you go against popular black thought, then you find yourself seeking refuge approval or discomfort around those people who would basically make you a coon. You know what I'm saying? Forget what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm doing sure. All right. I, I just I want, you want to add anything to that? Cause I think I it's mean, a, I think it's a complex uh, situation. It's not really. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Cause cooning is, is, is like you said, it ain't just black and white. It ain't just concrete. You know what I'm saying? It's different levels of cooning. And sometimes, People may be cool and they really actually think they're doing good things for the, you know what I'm saying, for black people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, some people, like, like I even say about Trump, like, some people really think, like, going to speak to Trump is a good thing. Some people really think, hey, going to go sing at the uh, the ball or performing at the um, halftime show at the Super Bowl is a good thing. They don't think that is cool, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And until they see the backlash from the rest of the, from the rest of the masses of black folks. So, you know, I always said what I thought cool was. I thought cool was when you get around white people, specifically white people, and you discourage, you, you, you discourage black folks, you know what I'm saying? You say negative shit about black people all just so you can gain favor for white folks. You know what I'm saying? I really believe that's cool. I think, like you just said, like I said, like I thought Jesse Lee Pierce going be saying some bullshit. But I think he said that same message that's in the room full of black people. You know what I'm saying? Not like he was trying to kowtow to white folks and shit, yeah. you know what I'm saying? If you really try to preach that message, but like, oh yeah, I think black people would be a better... They had to, they had their dads in the house and shit, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you know, Jeff Lee Peterson like to try to bullshit because he on that motherfucking TV show and talking about white America doing good for black folks and they had to come in and be the daddy because the black, because the, the lady through the, you know what I'm saying? He's saying all that, he's saying all the sort of negative shit on that platform where he know the YouTube community and all, and all his whole fan base ain't number white people, you know what I'm saying? He knows his whole fan base ain't number white folks. Jesse Lee Peterson. Right? Them, he gonna keep saying the shit, you know what I'm saying? And you got people like I said that you got people that maybe like a D.L. Hughley or um, or uh, Willie D. or some of these other people like you are like some of the other people in the conscious community who pretty much saying the same exact message. You know what I'm saying? Hey, take care of yourself. Uh, start your own business. But you talk, you say this shit to some black people in the projects. They say you're a coon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you sitting here like what? You you really you're in the conscious community? Think, Look, come on, you conscious? I mean, are you being conscious? Look how many black people you met. They don't even like conscious people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They think conscious people are cooling. I ain't, they ain't got time for nothing. You know what I'm saying? I ain't got time to hear that shit. You I, know what I, I, the way I have it in my mind is like, I see it. Like, I'm trying to make an analogy because, you know, we have a wide audience that some people, they follow everything we're saying. And then you, some people, they're in the middle. And then we have some people you got to really, really dumb it down to. We need to start addressing that audience a little bit more. Cause sometimes we talk over their head, but there's some people you got to break it down to on some like small level shit. So I just kind of like see it and maybe you could help my, help me with this analogy if I start losing it. But it's like, 
say like a group of black people go to the White House and you know what I'm saying? They all have this they're all assumed to have a solidarity so solidarity or a monolithic or common attitude amongst them. And so you get to the White House and uh you got people now you know they serve butter biscuits at the White House, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They all supposed to be on code when they came there. Ain't we ain't getting no fucking butter biscuits. We not there to eat. We not there to do nothing. Now, in that group of people, you got people that says shit. Uh, they agree and go along until they get to the White House. They like shit. I want to. I came here for the I'm fucking gonna, butter biscuits. Yeah, I'm gonna get one of these motherfucking plates, nigga. And they are coons. You know what I'm saying? And then you got people that came yeah. and they smell the biscuits and like, what the fuck is that? And then they start. Somebody offer it to them and they be like. And they say they give you up. They give they give the whole substance. You know what I'm saying? They give the whole thing up. Now some somebody might see a butter biscuit just laying around unattended. Go pick it up, and then they they walk around one corner, and a group of black people see them with the butter biscuit in their hand, having no context to why they got the biscuit, and they just say, "Yo, what the fuck, nigga? We said we wasn't getting no butter biscuits. What the fuck you doing?" And then they, yeah. you say the the white cook that's in the cook a kitchen they peek their head out like what's going on and they see this angry mob attacking you and they say come get in here get in here close the door behind you who that was gonna kill you what's yeah. that oh you got one of my butter biscuits in your hand go go ahead and eat it you know what i'm saying and you sit there and find compassion with that cook and then they like well i got more shit we cook him up and they're like i don't understand why they treat you so this way i don't understand why this they're this and then you see how easy you know what I'm saying how quickly somebody who may had someone who may have gone war, wayward or needed more correction brought to them just all of a sudden ended up pushed right into the arms of a system like that because it's like we're not allowed to even be seen or not even allowed to we don't even need any other context to go why people say what they say you know what I'm saying we don't need to know the cause and effects to why they ended up at or arrived at the positions they arrived at. We exactly, just immediately kill them. As soon as they're not on code, we make them we make the rise out of. Yeah. As soon as we think they're not on code, we make the rise out of. Yeah, but that's like a very yeah. that's a that's fragile like, state. Yeah. That's a fragile. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to that individual. If if some if it was me and I picked up a butter biscuit off the floor just to throw it in the trash and someone caught me with it. I'm like, yo, I don't want this shit. I'm throwing this in the fucking trash. Like, I just found yeah, it. I better say, I better say, I better say, like, some real niggas ain't gonna go in there with that white. Like, fuck out of here, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. Chill. They're gonna, they gonna be like, yo, 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 yo. Let's get one thing clear. I just found this on the fucking ground. I'm not coming in the kitchen with you. I'm still on code. Let me throw this shit away. You know what I'm saying? And then you just have people who seek, you know what I'm saying, the path of least resistance. But like you said, but the problem with that is. How did we even let them get to the White House? Like you said, we was all there. We we knew we knew that we were supposed to be on code and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We knew this. I love that you said that. <laughs> like, how, how the fuck did you... Why are we even there in the how, first how, place? How did let this nigga, you know what I'm saying, know that he wouldn't be the one at the weak link. You know what I'm saying? That nigga shouldn't even been on the front lines to even try to go to the... You know what I'm saying? Like... I think we should end it there. Let let the audience yeah. ponder on that analogy. Yo, it's been good. It's been uh, we got through mostly all the Grammys without uh, really, really partake. We should start boycotting all of these award shows too. They're really nothing but just fuck shit. At the end of the day, man. You know, you know, I find it crazy that hey, what, what kind of outfits were they wearing? Because they they both be boycotting all the designers, right? So I wonder what the fuck they was wearing. We didn't even really get into that Gucci shit, man. But yeah. 
it, I think it was an episode. I love referring back to old episodes and things we've said because we've all oftentimes we've already said everything that's need to be said, but it's just like it keeps getting brought up. We I think I said at one point like people asked like why are black people wearing designer clothes and I was like yo over the last few years like they've ex- almost exclusively marketed their clothes towards like black people like yes and it's just like for Gucci to have a misstep like this it's bla- it's just showing and proving who they are you know what I'm saying I've bought designer clothes in the past I'm kind of more conscious as to what I put on my body as far as who I support uh but I'm not gonna blatantly take disrespect to my face like that so if you find yourself wearing gucci or prada or even tommy hill figure shit like that where these designers have come out and blatantly told you exactly how they feel about you that's on you man i mean and that's and sometimes i no i don't think that like i said because america is the biggest country in the world so they already know what tommy did you know what i'm saying let's look at try to say that was a fucking cartoon penguin Oh my uh, clear fit. <laughs> we got a cartoon penguin. Gucci had that uh one shirt with like that slave shackle over that female's head, like that that mouth covering device that they used to put on slaves. It was same shit with Adidas when they came out with them shackles on their shit. The Jeremy Scott Adidas, yeah. Just all bullshit. You choose not you choose to look the other way if you want to. You know, I always told you about some of that fashion. I always thought Gucci now making the black man look famous anyway. Yo, Dapper Dan stepped in and did a whole capsule and collection for them last year. Cause I thought they were getting. He brought like the the just the standard he got the, urban. Dapper Dan, he got the CEO of Gucci coming to Harlem next week. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I've seen that. To meet with community leaders and activists and stuff about that about their clothing. Yeah, I mean that's a good look. If if this if this is really gonna be more than an optic, I mean a photo op, like if he's really gonna challenge him, which I have no reason to question his integrity, then that should be a good thing. But it's like at the end of the day, like this, this is just lip service. That nigga said, that nigga said, I'm not wearing Gucci for three months until they get a, some black fashion designers. I'm like, that's, damn, I mean, like, y'all, y'all want to wear Gucci that bad? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they, they like, need to be all no <laughs> It's got to be all these stipulations and capitulations. Like, you go, like they gonna know what fucking clothes the black fashion designer picked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They ain't had no problem with the fucking clothes the white designers were picking up. Yeah. Exactly. Like Louis Vuitton, like Virgil Abloh. You know what I'm saying? This is my last statement I'm gonna make, and then we can close out with this. So, I was listening to Richard Wolf. Right. Uh, he was talking about economy. He was talking about like when you go in for a job interview you talk and get interviewed and they see if you qualify for the job they let you know the 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 responsibilities and duties and then it gets to the point where they say like okay so i'm gonna pay you let's say they say 15 dollars an hour to do this job he's saying like right then in that moment you know that what you're saying to yourself in this capitalistic society is that i know that the work that i'm doing my labor is worth more to this company than 15 dollars an hour Otherwise, the guy wouldn't be hiring me to do the job. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it, then to accept that, it's almost like a... It's almost psychotic to accept that. Meaning, I'm going to work for less than what I'm worth. Right. Okay. I go back to Virgil Abloh. Louis Vuitton would have never asked him to fucking 
be their uh new president or work with him if they didn't see his uh off-white brand and his aesthetic and some of the they didn't see his potential as being worth more than what they are you know what i'm saying right they wouldn't have offered to pay them if they didn't think his work wasn't worth more than what they're going to pay him and i mean that's all i'm just i just wanted to say that really quick so even when that even when people say okay get more black designers and do this like this like you're all you're still incorporate you're still you're still saying that i'm willing to accept less than what i'm worth just to feel good just for the optics of yeah, like they said, a lot of a lot of black inventors, a lot of black fashion designers, sold they sold for nigga pennies. Shout out to nigga pennies. Sold they fashion designers everything for nigga pennies. All right, we over two hours and fifteen minutes. Anything you want to get off before we go? Let people know where they can find uh, you. Shout out to you. Know what I'm saying, think think tank TV. I ain't got, I ain't got nothing. <clears throat> go subscribe. Go put that up to think tank TV on YouTube. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Uh, like I said, it's always, it's always wonderful to come on here on Trap Thompson Radio and get my thoughts out with Bobby F, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. It is what it is. Yeah. Shout out to Facts. Like I said, I can't be I can't be arguing with niggas. I, I can't go back and forth, you know what I'm saying? Like, we here to go north and south. I can't be doing east-west and, you know what I'm saying, refereeing the whole episode. But we will. I'll definitely get my nigga Facts on. He got his thoughts to get out. Uh, But yeah. Shout out to KB. Shout out to all the contributors. Like, even if you don't hear MB or Dave or Scruff on every episode, just know, like, we're at least touching on some of the things that they sent throughout the group chat. So we're giving you a consensus, consolidated episode of all of our just talking points and stuff we've discussed throughout the week. And, yeah, hopefully there's a lot there for you to take and nibble on and, and kind of just uh, meditate on and explore further some of the ideas and stuff we talked about. Um don't get offended by it uh that's all i gotta say the show is trap conscious radio it's on itunes stitcher soundcloud google play uh just search trap conscious radio be sure to leave a review five stars subscribe like share with friends uh ybfpod.com for all donations ybfpod at gmail.com for any uh listener mail and yeah we'll get back at y'all next episode we out peace Peace. All right, KB. All right.